It is the 553rd episode of the Chair Shot Podcast, coming to you hot on this Sunday evening, your regularly scheduled CSP time. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by the incomparable co-hosts. First of all, we got Mr. Paul Griffin. I love that you used the number of the episode completely unprompted. Love them that's intros, brother. Off the top of my head, just brought it back. Just brought it back. You know, it's just throwback, baby. Just feeling feeling good about 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 you know our our tropes. Uh, also with us, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello, 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 guys. Hello, listeners. Hello, everybody. Joe Towner, uh, who's got a whiteboard with post-it notes stuck to it in the background. Yeah, I was gonna say, Joe, Joe's time. Joe's coming. Joe's coming to us uh, from the work from home office, and yeah, his whiteboard back there. He either is trying to figure out who uh, the big dog is in the in the uh, crime syndicate, or he's got like the revolution card planned out there behind him that he wants to sneakily <laughs> le- leak out to us. He's got all the, all the top contenders and all the champions planned, and how they get to each other. So uh, so uh, our, our our Patreon subscribers who get to watch the video version, they get they get to see that. Um, uh, which is great. Um, yes, we have a loaded show here for you this week. We got more life golf, all the usual golfs you've come to expect from CSP. We will also be talking about the Royal Rumble and AEW and all the other usual wrestling stuff. This is a wrestling podcast every now and then. Uh, so yeah, look, uh, look, look forward to that. Uh, we will, of course, though. We we can't, we don't jump into the we can't get too stuck in. We gotta kick off with the life guff. We gotta have a little chit chat. Let's catch up, see where everyone is. I tell you what, I had a great um real revelation this week. Some shocking oh. some shocking life changes. I uh upgraded to Windows eleven. Ooh, baby. Really? Okay. Uh dunno what it does different. It looks a bit nice. It, it puts uh, the buttons in the middle. That's buttons in the buttons in the middle. That's nice. It's got a little built-in like Android app sidler. Haven't used that. Don't really care. But it's nice to have it. Um, it does that, and that's my review of Windows 11. It kind of does all the stuff it used to do, but like the UI is a little cleaner. It is a little more phone-like, yeah. and that's that's what it's used to it. I'm already kind of used to it after a month or two. Yeah, it's like it's like it. The, it's not one of those other things like the buttons being in the middle as well it's kind of like it was just such this thing when they're like oh my god they're getting rid of the start menu and then they're like eh, so, like who cares like we don't need to cry about that for five years i'm used yeah. to the setup as it is currently um yeah so and it seems to i mean it, it's performing relatively fast my 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 laptop was was getting a bit chuggy and uh, now i'm all updated it seems to be running a teensy bit smoother which is good uh yeah but uh, so that that's that, everyone. That's yeah. tech this, stuff for you. This this laptop it, it says this PC doesn't currently meet the minimum system requirements to run Windows 11. So I'm still on 10. I'm still on 10. I, I, don't, I don't I don't know what those are. All I know is that apparently, yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. Uh. That happened. Uh. Elsewhere in actual life, golf. That wasn't actually important. Don't worry. Um, I did slightly delayed because of everything that happened. I did finally get to have Christmas dinner with my mom this week, which Aww. is quite nice, uh, which is lovely. We had lamb, delicious lamb, mm-hmm. uh, melting off the bone, gorgeous it was. Um, and she even got me a little late Christmas gift as well to make it feel like Christmas Day. I got, get this, I got a little planner, right? I can plan out my, that's my year, a little diary. Mm. But it has a little baby Yoda on the front of it. Um oh. 
That's good. I love that. Love a little hymn. <laughs> little girl. Um, I mean, I, to be honest, it's funny because she gave it to me, but like, I, 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 if she didn't see me open it, I could have re-gifted it to Brona because she has so many little baby Yodas all over the place. Um, uh, actually, I have one right here in front of me that she got me. Actually, I'm going to show this again exclusively for our Patreon video viewers. I have a little knitted one there. Look oh, at this little, little chap. Little crocheted. <laughs> little, he's very cute. He's very yeah. cute. Uh, he, he sits next to Orange Cassidy here on the old work from home desk. So, yeah, that was nice. Um, I get to take that box off. Also, it was another week of, uh, you know, just just being able in Ireland to just walk into a pub, man, and just sit down wow. and just go, I'll, I'll just have a drink, chief. Oh, that's it. Thanks. <laughs> no, no, I don't have to sign my name down anywhere. No, that's great. Um, yeah, so... Uh, that was that was really nice. So yeah, we, we've been kind of out and about th- this kind of weekend, not for any kind of particular reason, just kind of you know pottering around. Now that we have the luxury of doing that without having to make like, if you want to go to three places for a pint, you have to make three reservations. Like all that's gone, you know. Yeah. So just just kind of soaking up the niceness of being able to potter once again. Um, but yeah, uh, a relatively quiet life guff beyond that. Uh, what about you, boys? What have you been up to this week? What has kept your life a ticking this week? I uh, completed my, you know, some people collect uh, action figures. Some people collect stamps. I've been collecting a suit this last couple of weeks. <laughs> I've completed the suit collection. I bought the jacket. I don't know if I talked about Did I talk about this last week? No, because it was on the Monday, I think I did it. So I got the jacket and the trouseroos. And a nice mm. tie, which matches the dress Natty's going to be wearing to a wedding we're going to this week. Lovely. Uh, very expensive. Uh, suits are. It's, it's, a, it's a bit like collecting Lego. You want the good ones, you're going to pay for them. Right? And uh, you should put it together yourself. Uh, it's such a pain. <laughs> so I got a, nice, got a nice navy suit. It's very nice. Um. And then we went into a local shopping establishment and I got myself some nice white shirts and a tan belt and some nice tan shoes. That'll be my outfit. Look real fucking smart. Um, so that's nice, but it, like, expensive. So I'm really going to take care of this suit. I've had um, like jackets I've owned before. Mm hmm. You know, and like you, 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 you go to pennies and pick one up because you have a job interview or whatever, right? Mm. And then it ends up, you know, fucked into the bottom of the wardrobe and it's like ruined. <laughs> you can't wear it ever again. Didn't so, get that job. Ah, you know. <laughs> but um, I, I'm going to take very good care of this one. You know, it, it, it came in the nice long the, the jacket hanging the, sleeve. Yeah. It goes yeah. in to protect it. I'll keep it in that. I'll take it to the dry cleaners to clean it when it needs it, you know. We're going to the wedding on Friday, so I have my outfit locked in. Although I will say, uh, this might be of use to one barreled Murphy. I was looking for these shoes, and I went into uh, Dunn's stores specifically, and all they fucking had was size 12s. Like, what is this? Okay. Clown mm-hmm. shop? Hey, 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 all right. It's settled down. Settle down. No, no but it's like, no it's like, no, 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 but it's like, Okay, men's feet come in a wide range of sizes, right? Listen, Bozo Dunn had a vision when he set up his stores, okay? <laughs> I right, don't you besmirch no, them. They, they didn't have, like, 
Normal people is what you're tens. No, they only had 12s. <laughs> yeah. Hurts, doesn't it? Hurts, doesn't it? When the, yeah. when the massive shoe is on the other foot, doesn't it? <laughs> so I tried it on, but I, I could feel like my full finger in the back of it. <laughs> I was like, that won't do. Because I'm no, there's a person saying, put your foot in, fool. Put your foot in instead of your fucking finger, then it might fit better. Because <laughs> <laughs> my thinking was like, if I can only find these, I could put on like three pairs of socks and they'll do, you know? <laughs> Go to one other shop. How about that instead? <laughs> That's what I ended up doing. I went to, I went to the aptly named shoe, and ah. uh, and I did find a pair in there. And also in shoe, little tip ski for anyone who's looking in the market. If you go in, the first thing they say to you is, uh, you know, there's a little QR code there. If you want to sign up to our little email scheme, which I'm going to fucking block straight away, by the way. But you get you get five euro off your first purchase. I was like, it's ten percent of the cost of the shoe in the first place. <laughs> I remember, I remember the days when Paul Griffin would have thrown five euro in change in the bin. He would have said, "I don't want that five euro." Now he's like, "Yeah, I'll sign up for it, but I'm blocking he's it." Like, then they're, ooh, then ooh, they're, like, they're like, "Do you want us to email you a copy of the receipt?" You can't, mate. You can't. Right? I've already, uh, I've already alerted not. the police to your little scam. Okay. <laughs> no, well, I do. And I'm sure other people have this. I have a second email address that I use for. Mm. For that stuff, that's not my primary one, so it's just a repository of old shite. I I, I have two email addresses because my my main one that I use to sign up for most things yeah. is was like my fifth or something Gmail account that I set up because I kept getting banned on wrestling torrents sites for having a bad ratio, gotcha. and it it has a it has a stupid name that I don't want to read out loud. So I set up a secondary one that is just yeah. relatively close to my name, and I give that one when I'm in Specsavers for an eye test. And I'm just going, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I think I think I think I know your address, but I, I won't. Yeah, it's, I won't it's out you, um, <laughs> Layla. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a very it is a very derivative, like three email addresses later type thing. It um, is. It is for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, even more interestingly, um, well, my my mom runs a. There's a little bit of hair on my mic. Sorry, my mom runs a charity shop. I don't know if I mentioned this before. You have, of course. But what came in this week was a video cassette recorder, uh, a VCR player. So we took it home and we went a digging and found, uh, I would say, maybe 12 to 15 of the old VHSs we used to have. Including your porn labeled wrestling. <laughs> There's a callback, everyone. There's a callback. <laughs> Your mom was like, "Stick this on, Paul. You like the wrestling, don't you?" <laughs> you like- <laughs> I think I um, I think that those tapes mysteriously disappeared um, during the great throwout stuff of the mid two thousands. Um, <laughs> classic reference, by the way. Well, Ten points for Barry. Um, <laughs> No, we have um, some movies, which ha- come. We still have the cases for them and everything. So I was going through them, open up. Is the right is the right video in it? Yeah. So we have uh, Sam Raimi's Spider Man, the first one. Excellent. Yeah. Um, loads of Disney movies. Uh, because the I mean, DVD, by the time I was like 11, 12, DVDs were in already. So mm. it was it was everything from like 
five years old to 11. So it's like Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Snow White, uh, and the like. We have Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Not the first one or the third one, just the second one, for some reason. That sounds like Um, a VHS collection, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, Sergio Leone's Western epic. So, But what what we don't have is a cable to connect the VCR to the telly because the TV right. in the sitting room, this is how technologically advanced we've come. TV in the sitting room doesn't have a scart input in it anymore. Does it literally just have HDMI? Is that it? No, it has HDMI, USB, and RF. Okay. Which we're, we're going back to the, the, aerial on top of the house days where you know the rf cable is the, the circular one with the single prong in the center yes yeah so the vcr has one of those outputs and the tv has one of those inputs so i've ordered off amazon an rf cable i think the last time i used one of those was when i had the super nintendo set up and used that the little switch to go back and forth between the tv and the super nintendo yeah. um so i'm hoping everything will work and one of the tapes we do have is paul's Second birthday. Uh, oh. One of the uncles, I think, used to have a camcorder. We never had one. But there's these videos of my, I think it's my second, third, fourth, and fifth birthdays or something are all on one day. Right. So I'm I'm going to try. I've got another cable. Obviously, we have the, um, what's it? RF cable. But I've also ordered like a component because the VCR also has component outputs for some reason on it. Right. I've got a component to HDMI adapter coming, and I want to hook it up to the laptop and try and digitize that tape. Yes. Save it as like an MP4 so that it can be kept, you know, and shared more easily. Um, Because we did have Cousins Over recently that I hadn't seen in, I don't know how long, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the conversation got up, oh, get the old tape out. But we couldn't find... Like a VCR to play it on, so of course, well, yeah, of course, yeah, obviously the option never came, but now, now it's happening, and we're planning to watch this week Spider Man on VHS. Oh hell yeah, brother! Four by three, let's go, yeah. let's go, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I don't, th- I, I don't think it's widescreen. None of the tapes we found have any mention of widescreen, so I'm hoping there's some lovely pan and scan action. Yeah, but I think if, but like when they sold tape, when when VHSs were widescreen, wasn't it just they squeezed the whole image with black bars into a four by three screen? Probably, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's, that's the way that's the way Mr. Raimi would have wanted it to be watched. I think is, yeah. is definitely the. The, the thing I, I i am a sucker for like watching like movies in just absolutely the way they were not intended to yeah uh, anytime someone's like just for the fuck of it i i got i watched the irishman on my ds you know i'm like i'm like hey, yeah. yeah let's let's i want to i want to see that i want to see i want to see well paul's second birthday but also a, a matinee of it followed by spider-man uh, uh, uh grainy fucking tape stretched out to 1080p um uh, on your telly that's that's the good stuff i will say i've never in my life so it will be a first i've never watched a vhs on a high definition television i neither have i I i'm excited to see how bad it looks like how long will we get 10 minutes in and go we're not not able to do this (laughs) it looks too bad because i assume like video games of the time vhs obviously were made in a way to look as good as they can on a crt telly Mm. but Anyway, that's uh, that's coming up this week. 
it is it is one of those things where it was like like uh, I just finished Spider Man this week, PS One Spider Man, and it's like yeah. it, I it was legitimately like I was having a little bit of a headache towards the end. I'm like this just was not intended to be stretched and blown up to to this degree. It just doesn't look good at all. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm very curious to see how your your uh, your adventures in in celluloid go. Yeah, um, so Spider Man review next week. So you don't, you, you, joking aside, you don't, you don't have any like wrestling tapes or any any like blank tapes. Oh, I do, I do, I do, I do. I found oh. one wrestling tape. Okay. Uh, in the cover, still okay. like an actual oh, uh, uh, silver uh, division, right? Okay. Yeah, WrestleMania two thousand. Good one, good one to have on VHS. Mm. I, obviously, I have WrestleMania seventeen on DVD. Yeah, as well. But uh, no, that was the only wrestling tape we came across. And then there was a load of old tat. Uh, I found the, the Beano video. Right. Uh, obviously, I was a big Beano boy back in the day. Um, Scooby-Doo, random Scooby-Doo episodes, random Ninja Turtles episodes, okay. Return of the Technodrome. Uh, yeah, just some, some tat. Think... But, uh, Go on. I was only focusing on like the movies. I wasn't yeah. going to dig through the nonsense. Well, if you if you if you get through to the end of WrestleMania 2000, I think the VHS version does have Bob Holly going, "I will break your ass in half, you little shithead," to Michael Cole, and then oh, and then and then Jim Jim has going, classes from Mark quite, there, classes from Mark. Yeah, boy, look at his table; he's fucking destroyed. Um, <laughs> and also, if you, if, if you get to the end of Spider Man, you do get a. If it's the same VHS I had, there's a making of at the end of it. They almost squeeze that on there. I think, yeah, I think you're right. There is mention of bonus features on it. Yeah. Back when you just had to fucking get to the end to, to watch them. You kids, you don't know how lucky you had it. Um, yeah. What about you, Joe? Life Goff. Um, still having computer trials and tribulations. Um, oh, no. Haven't been able to get the new battery in the laptop. Um Probably fucked up the screws even more trying to get them out, <laughs> oh, get them out again. Um, I, I tried the pair of pliers, but they're just the screws are just too thin. Like the head is like paper thin, so you just can't right. get you can't get a grip on it. Um, so I'm a bit stuck, so I don't know. The problem is all the solutions that you read online are like you know drill into the screw and then use a new tool, but it's like I don't think that's really designed for like laptop screws. Yeah. <laughs> it's more for like you know screws in a door. Yeah, this, the, the driver will come out the other end of the laptop. I know it will with just, any pressure. It will rip the fucking SSD straight out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically you need the precision of a surgeon and the tools of a builder to uh, somehow make this happen. So I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about it. But yeah, yeah not got a good solution on that it, yet. It, I, I mean, I, I, I imagine repair costs are going to be more or less prohibitive. But have you considered the local dodgy? Alley full of, uh, I don't want to pick out any specific nationality or, or anything, but you know, <laughs> repair shops, um, yeah, that maybe could do it for you on the cheap. I mean, potentially, but I don't know if they, uh, if they've got that expertise, yeah. But the thing is, like, swap taking the battery out was fairly straightforward. If I hadn't fucked yeah. up the screws, you know, that's the easy part. It's just whether they can, yeah, if they've got the, um, the tools to deal with like a dodgy screw. So I might look into that. I might try another option. I don't know. Um, it's a it's a pain in the ass at the moment. Um, good news is that I bought a lovely uh, little hub, a little USB hub that goes yes. into the laptop. Uh, it's got a little HDMI. It's got a USB C, and it's got a US regular USB. 
So that's the good news. So I can now plug a bunch of stuff into this laptop without uh, having to juggle uh, the mouse and the keyboard. So that's that's the positive news. Uh, and I also recovered the hard drive from my PC as well, which also stopped working because of the graphics card. Yeah. Uh, and I was able to uh, plug that into an external case, um, which I got off Amazon for f- 15 quid. Very so nice. I can actually access all the stuff that was on there. So I haven't lost anything from there. So that's the Great. positive news. Uh, more more computer news next week. Who knows? I may have got a battery. Might have bought a new laptop. <laughs> just I'm just, I bought so many tools at this point. I might as well have just got a new laptop. To be honest, <laughs> number of screwdrivers and pliers and bits of glue yeah. and this stuff is yeah waste of time. But I have a USB hub as well that I brought home when work from home started at my yeah. old job, and that I just never gave back. Yeah, so I, really I own good. it now. Thank you. That's mine. That's mine now. <laughs> Yeah, they are they are really really good. Um, yes, yeah, so that was great. And then Wednesday was Michelle's birthday. Hey. Um, thanks for all the happy birthday messages. She was very very yes. pleased with those. Um, so we had Wednesday, took Wednesday off, went out for a little, lovely steak dinner. Oh, lovely yes. bit of steak and chips and very nice. Where'd you um, go? Went to a restaurant in London called Flat Iron. Ooh, um, that sounds good already. Oh, it was it is good. Are they. Their kind of speciality is they only do one kind of steak. They do the flat iron steak. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and for the basically what that means is the it's quite reasonable. Like it's twelve pound for a steak, and then the, mm. you know your sides three quid or whatever. Um, and it's also very quick because they're not cooking like ten different meals. It's basically your flat iron steak, mm-hmm. your sides, yeah. and that's it. So it's really really good. We do they do also do a special. When we did go for the special, we went for a fillet steak. We went a little uh, bit posh and went for the old fillet steak, um, which was superb. The chips they cook in like the beef fat, so they yeah, are yeah. phenomenal. They also before you know before you order, they have like a little uh, cup of popcorn as an appetite. Little mm, yeah, I've seen that as well before. Um, which they also I think they pop it, they cook it in the beef fat as well, <laughs> so you get this like popcorn that tastes like steak. Okay. <laughs> it is, it was delicious. We literally we finished all the popcorn. We're like, yeah, give me more of the popcorn, more of the popcorn. And <laughs> um, so that was delicious. And I mean, the funny thing is, it's like because of the limited menu and because we went sort of mid afternoon, it was so quick. Literally, from sitting down to the food arriving, fifteen minutes. Gotcha. Like, yeah. it, it was like crazy. It was I feel, like I went to McDonald's the other day. I was there for twenty five minutes. So, and, but in the steak restaurant, wonderful restaurant. 15 minutes, almost too quick in a way. I wanted to like savor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, really, really good. Nice drinks. And they also do a thing they give you, they actually do free dessert. So they give you free chocolate ice cream cone. Um, however, where Ooh. they're very clever is that you only get it uh, when you leave. So they give you a little right. token with the when you pay the bill. And on your way out, you can claim your free ice cream. So a very clever way of getting people to kind of, turn the tables over and, and not hang yeah. around for too long when when they're finished. Um, but yeah, mm. lovely, lovely free chalky ice cream as well. So that was, that was very, very nice. So great birthday all round for Michelle. Uh, and then yesterday, we, we went for a lovely walk in a local park. A, we've got a very big park near us. It's, I think it's the biggest park in kind of the south of London. Um, lots of woodland, yeah, big, big open spaces. Lots of, uh, it's really nice. We're going to go for a nice relaxing walk. Got there. Loads of people running, wearing numbers. Uh, um, and it turns uh, out 
It was the South of England Cross County Championships uh, were taking place in this park on Saturday, which we didn't know about. Didn't see any signs or anything. So, yeah, we were walking around this park and just had people constantly running at us uh, from all directions as well. Like I thought we could avoid the whatever route they were on, but every path we went down, suddenly there was like 10 runners behind us yeah. uh, storming towards us. So that was a little bit stressful. Um, but anyway, we, we were in the park, we got out, kind of went, went to a garden center instead and just bought some, bought some crap. Um, that was relaxing as well. So yeah, it was a good, good weekend in the end. If oh, lovely. And happy birthday again to Michelle. Yes. Happy birthday. I, uh, one last thing is my brother out of nowhere decided he wanted to maybe out of envy of my lovely orange Cassidy figure <laughs> decided he wanted to start collecting AW figures. Ooh. But a very specific subset. So he wants to own only the people who've been world champion. Oh, that's right? very weird. Yeah. Um, he, he's someone who's like looked at me with scorn before for my like weird collection, like Zelda book collection or whatever. And then suddenly he's like, oh, actually, I want to do that now. Um, so he very specifically is looking for like the Jericho. And this is how it looked deep it goes. The Jericho one that has the belt. So that he could take the belt off and put it on the current champion, right? Which I get. Um, so what I did was I said, right, well, I'm going in to look, buy suit items. I will stick my head into Smith's toy store mm. and see if I can pick you up one or two. And so I did pick up two AW figurines uh, for him. I got the Chris Jericho with the little bandana around his neck and the AW title. Lovely, yeah. Very very good figure. The other thing I would say is the tights are a little bit bland, but otherwise very good. And I got him a Kenneth Omega okay, with the, with the little pointy gun finger. <laughs> okay, yeah. And the the kind of um, silvery, bluey tights he used to wear maybe a year and a half ago. Great figures. Very, very uh, impressive. What, what I found less impressive was the, the Hangman page figure they've put out, which just has a big old blockhead. And uh, isn't quite as good or as detailed as the others, so I got him them anyway. I got I got a Hangman page, and I, I quite like it. Is it the, is, the, well, there's two. There's the one with the bandana across the face. That's the one I have. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then there's the one with like the short trunks. I know, oh, I haven't, I haven't seen that one. I, I wasn't. I wasn't super impressed. The, the the thing with the bandana across the face is like you don't know how good the face is until you pull his little bandana down. He comes with a little whiskey glass, so that's how you know it's him. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so that's a nice little thing. I, I still only have the Orange Cassidy. I, I did have a little selfish, you know, well, if I find myself a little Pentagon, maybe I'll pick him up. But there was no, there was many Phoenixes, one of which I kept knocking on the floor by mistake. But there was no Pentagon. Thro- throwing it down because you wanted Pentagon, yeah. just having a little tantrum. <laughs> Break your arm, you son of a bitch. Wow. No, there was no, uh, no Pentagon, unfortunately. So that is your life girl for this week. Um, Quickly onto music, Goff. I listened to a, 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 an album this week, but I, I want to preface it by saying that I've changed my approach. No longer am I just going to Spotify's new releases and just picking one at complete random. Um, this isn't anything to do with Joe Rogan or anything, but I just decided that instead what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go to a reputable music site, pitchfork.com, mm-hmm. and... Uh, look at the latest reviews and pick okay. one based off of that instead. Because um, what they have is they have it, you know, done chronologically. So you can see the, the newest releases at the top. And also they tell you what kind of genre each one is. So 
week one i did the weekend so that was maybe kind of a pop slightly r&b pop one then i did like brit pop revival last week okay and so this this week i've gone for more american modern rock so i've listened to an album by a group called pedro the lion uh, which is, I believe, kind of similar to Ghost, is is more of like a single guy situation, uh, more like a solo artist who brings in session musicians and stuff. Uh, I think the guy's name is David Bazan, if I'm not mistaken. And the album's called Havuzu, and it's the second in a series of five albums that he's doing about places he lived uh, during his childhood. Apparently he was a kid who got moved around quite a lot. Uh, and it it wasn't, I will mention as well, it wasn't the highest rated on Pitchfork of the week. Uh, I think there was another pop R&B one that got like an eight. And I was like, well, I've just done The weekend. I want to do something slightly different now. Uh, I think this got like a seven, five. So it was still one of the higher rated ones, but it wasn't the highest rated one. But yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Probably my favorite album of the year so far, of the three I've listened to. Uh, what did reminded me of it's it's first of all it's very slow it's not a it's not an up tempo kind of franz ferdinand deal it's a very slow kind of drum driven bass guitar driven uh kind of storytelling style music uh musically reminded me a bit of like uh editors but maybe a little bit of a leonard cohen edge to it with a singer who maybe is a bit more ranged than edit, maybe like a rag and bone man kind of sound to the singing, uh, in, in the sense that he had like a very bassy voice, but not necessarily like a low pitched voice, like a very powerful singing voice. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and even little parts of songs reminded me a bit of something like Charles Aznavour. Um, yeah, sometimes compared to the Britpop one I talked about last week, where I was like, you know, the lyrics have to be very clever, otherwise, it doesn't work if the music's not interesting. Here, the lyrics can, if you just read the lyrics, they, they can seem a little bit overly simple, but the way the concept of the album works, where he's lit- literally recalling memories of his childhood, it kind of works in the album's favor. Um, I think my favorite song on the album is called First Drum Set, and it's literally telling a story of he went to like join the local school band or whatever, or school orchestra or whatever it is, and he played the clarinet, and they didn't have space for a clarinet, they only had space for a drummer. So he had never played the drums before, but they they traded in the clarinet, got a drum set, and he talks about okay, then that's where I started playing the drums. That's what led me on this path. And musically, they they integrate that into the song where at the moment where he mentions, and then I play the drums for the first time, the drums of the song kick in, and right. the song tempo goes way up into like a a more fast paced rock song. Yeah, I I thought it was really really good. If you're like I say into editors or 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 leonard cohen or anything in between it's that kind of sound um and i thought it was surprisingly really uh up my street even though i'm i'm not necessarily a big editor's fan i i took 10 minutes while i was listening to this to try and remember who sang that munich song who who sang munich who was it was it wasn't elbows editors was the answer um but i don't know something about the combination it's it's maybe an album that's more than the sum of its parts in a way because musically it's very simple the guitars aren't like discordant but it the guitars are definitely like a backseat the guitars aren't front and center like they are in most modern rock 
But I would give it a big recommendation if you're into a, a kind of less in your face and a little bit more kind of reflective rock album. So I'll give it a thumbs up for this week. Pedro the Lion Havusu. Okay. So there you go. Okay. That is Muzak Goof. Uh, we'll jump in to the telly for the week. Uh, I haven't seen much telly this week in terms of news. I did finally get around to starting Euphoria. I watched episode one of season two. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I could somewhat just kind of echo what Joe said last week. I mean, I, I, it didn't feel like the most substantive hour uh, of television ever. I mean, uh, what was that whole entire first half of the episode about where they were at the drug the drug deal? What was that? I didn't get the significance of that. Any of this? Like the 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 second the second half of the episode is is you know they go to this big house party and at the house party every character is there and it's this big first time you all see them since the finale of the last season and there's all this right. shit going on and you've uh, you know the, the the sort of cliffhanger of of at the end of the last season is that. Uh, you know, Zendaya's character is in love with Hunter Schaefer's character, and Hunter Schaefer's character goes off on a train to go somewhere else to live her own life. And this is the first time we see these characters back together at this house party setting, and they're kind of orbiting around each other, not not intersecting until like the end of the episode. But the first half of the episode is like this weird little like self-contained other story where like Zendaya's character goes to a drug deal with mm. her drug with her drug dealer. And I it felt like such a weird non sequitur slow pace start to like the first episode of the new season. I don't know if that's going to be of some significance later, but I didn't, I did not get it at all. Um, and I thought it was a very weird, the opposite of grabbing you, you know, uh, to, to start mm. the season uh, episode ended well enough, you know, a bit of intrigue for the rest of the season, but didn't love it. I didn't love it. I think it has that same sense of style that the first season had. I think it's a, it's a very interesting show to look at. Lots of willies, lots of big old willies in the, in the face. And and like uh, when when did we cross the threshold that you could just put a, a boner on the television? I didn't like that. Like season one of Euphoria was when we when I was like, why? When did we start doing this? I, I don't know what that. Season two just kicks off right in your face uh, <laughs> as, as as it should be um uh, uh where else would you put it um but yeah uh, well, <laughs> uh so yeah we will uh we will resume catching up on that uh, probably probably this evening after the podcast in fact yeah uh yeah i didn't hate it or anything but bit of an odd one bit of an odd one to kick off um yeah so that's that's the only telly i've really watched this week I wonder if the boner thing was more of a cinema, like what is it, the MPAA? Uh, maybe, yeah, like, maybe. I don't know. Is Euphoria HBO stars or HBO? It's it's kind of it's it's one of those things where it's I suppose it's almost kind of it's funny because like in wrestling we just had the whole thing with Moxie saying like fuck on TV. It's one of those things that when I, mean, I was in fact Googling boners on television uh, uh yeah. and that's before you watch the episode as well. Really. Uh, yeah, that's what I was just like just curious. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where it's like it was never actually a strictly enforced rule in writing so much as a thing people just assumed not to do. Yeah. Um, it's strange because male nudity still seems to be fairly taboo. Fairly taboo, yeah. Even well, yeah even, even now. it's a lovely flaccid knob. Well, yeah, the knob of any variety. Uh, I remember, I remember when like one of the Grand Theft Auto games like ten years ago had a willy in it, 
and that was news shocking like yeah but it's, it's it's shocking in the sense that you never see it yeah very very mm-hmm. odd um so yeah so so uh, yeah. Uh, euphoria is trying to level the playing field somewhat but uh yeah uh so this is right. strange because women like female nudity seems very like you're not almost nonchalant about it we had a conversation joe and i recently about you know you'd watch a silly comedy movie and oh the movies are out it's funny yeah any any comedy that's rated 15s it's like they had to put boobs in there it's like you couldn't couldn't not do that Um, very very strange attitude to male versus female the the way they're shown films or or tv um a little bit um anyway speaking of big old knobs i continued watching for some reason a book of boba fett go on um after episode two and three i thought were, were really not good at all uh episode four i thought was okay um <laughs> i wouldn't say the show redeemed itself to any great uh degree but i i wasn't hating it as i watched it as i as i did for episodes two okay and three. It was like it, it went back up to like a five out of ten or a six out of ten. Like it was, you know, trash and way too long. But like it was decently watchable. Um, and then episode five was just an episode of The Mandalorian for some reason. Um, like uh, very mild spoilers here because anyway, as if you've seen any of The Mandalorian, you'll know the Mandalorian and Boba Fett's story is somewhat intertwined. Um, as they are both somewhat to do with Mandalore <laughs> um, but like episode 4 of Book of Boba Fett ends with some characters going you know we're going to need to get some muscle in oh well if you got money you can get muscle and then it plays the little sound cue from the Mandalorian and then episode 5 just starts with it's just an episode of the Mandalorian it has nothing to do with the Boba Fett story that's been happening Um and then at the very end of episode five, a character goes, you know, we're in the, we're in the market for some muscle. You interested? <laughs> You're like, we could have just skipped a whole episode by virtue of you already played the Mandalorian music bit at the end of episode four. We know that it's going to be him. You don't then have to have a full episode where he goes on an adjacent adventure that's got nothing to do with anything to then lead to, oh, he shows up to be the muscle. We, we get it. We got it from the end of episode four. Like the Mandalorian episode itself was, again, fine and i guess it's i guess it's, it wasn't an entire waste because they, they seem to be setting up one or two extra things but again it's just kind of the same like i i did like hawkeye but it's kind of the same problem i have with a lot of these short form series is you've only got six or seven episodes why are we wasting a full episode doing a story that's got like completely to decide if what's happening i i feel like yeah with a lot of this stuff it's like would a fucking movie not be better or like a two part mini series? But again, again, to put another wrestling example, when you look at WWE, they measure success in hours consumed, not fucking rotten tomato scores or whether it's not, it's worth a piss to actually watch. (laughs) It's all engagement hours and shit like that. Yeah. Um, So, which is why these things are all, Six, eight, six likewise with netflix that's been the criticism for as long as netflix have done originals the criticism's always why are they fucking 13 episodes a pop you know um uh on that end as well but i don't even mind the fact that the length of the series is what it is it's just that they, they don't use the time they have efficiently to tell yeah. the story they're telling they often have 
one or two episodes that are dawdling completely a side story to what's happening yeah like literally time wasting literally spinning the wheels um and then one bigger criticism i I guess i have for all of the series they've done so far is that even within their own confined universes the plots of these series they always feel like spin-offs or like side quests even within okay i get that wandavision is a side story to the greater Avengers story or whatever. But even within the context of Wanda and Vision and all the characters involved in that, that story always feels like a, an, un, an unimportant side story. Um, none of the, and I, I could apply that to WandaVision, Loki, or maybe Loki is the one example that is least defined by this, but I think it still holds true. Loki, Captain, whatever, and the, his, his mate. Uh, <laughs> if, um, <laughs> Mandalorian again, especially season two of Mandalorian. They just none of them feels like an important singular story. The even the main story of those always feels like a, a plot that they've just thrown out to you know, they do whatever. Um, and they all feel like side stories to bigger things. And even though they are, I feel like more an effort should be made to not make them feel like filler or side quest stuff they, they should feel important on their own two feet and they never do which is which is an issue anyway watch that uh finish watching jack Sounds great <laughs> uh it isn't finish watching jack ass no, that's great uh yeah love a bit of jackass uh started watching uh and when i say started i literally just watched the first episode of each uh of jackass spin-offs wild boys and viva la bam why um, I, I i think wild boys a little bit underrated i think wild boys is good fun um yeah. viva la bam has the same problem jackasses which is listen i don't don't wish any ill will on him in his current situation but why would you want to cut all the good people out and watch Bam for <laughs> a half an hour? Um, just a big abusing his parents. Well, I mean, like, he was like the most uh, liked, I guess, at the time. He was like the biggest profile guy to come out of it alongside Knoxville. I yeah, I guess. Um, and I do have an affinity for, for Wild Boys and also for Viva Bam. I, I was a big Bam Margera fan back in the day. However, on reflection, <laughs> uh, Wild Boys, very fun. Um, retains a lot of the spirit of Jackass. Um, some of the stuff they do, if anything, is kind of more intense than anything on Jackass. Like episode one, they're literally diving into the water next to a great white shark. Yeah, like all the, the crocodile <laughs> and shark shit. I'm like, this is like legitimately impressive that you're doing this. Um, um, the, I also like the, the general kind of, it's not a travel show, but I kind of like, there's an air of, we went to this place and we met a guy. Yeah, like, dude, there's, there's an interesting angle to it yeah, as well as yeah. they're doing silly things. Viva la bam, fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking, it's, it's like, I get it's a reality show and obviously it's scripted up the wazoo, but it's literally, he, Here's how you. Here's how they structure an act or a scene in that show. Right, Bam's looking directly in the camera. Hey guys, I'm gonna fucking punch my dad in the arm. Oh, let's do it. And he's going to go. To, Damn it, Bam! Stop! I'm trying to do my taxes. Da, 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 da. Oh, and then that's it. We repeat ad nauseum. You know, yeah. it's like. But when you realize that obviously the parents are in on it, it, the complete the fallacy of the show is laid bare, and there's no there's nothing to it. Even though a lot of people involved 
not so much Marjorie himself, but people like DiCamillo and Raytheon, Chris Rabb are actually interesting personalities in their own right. They're just relegated to like oiks and yeah. cronies. Cronies and is a good word. Yeah. That loses a lot of its appeal as well. Um, yeah, I just think the formatting they took for that show was obviously in line with what was popular at the time. They were thinking, okay, well, take the personality from Jackass, who is popular, and then on on your other side, you have stuff like the OC and the like. Merge those two into a format that would be appealing to teens. Bada boom. Uh, but actually, it's just really restrictive and not really lame. Like, it's not cool it really, or interesting at all. It really was like a, a MTV... Like Marvel copied their notes on 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 the the, the phases in the cinematic universe because it really was like okay Jackass works and we're gonna do three shows where we take people from that and they do kind of the same thing but on their own and we're also gonna do these other versions that are kind of like Dirty Sanchez where it's like the same basic thing again but oh blimey it's an englishman you know like they really had the jackass cinematic universe after that show was successful they milked it as much as conceivable i mean that really was the prime period to really age ourselves that was that was the key turning point in it just stopping about music and it was like jackass hit and then it was like they had to have 10 jackass shows and the next reality thing came along and they had to have that um i never liked dirty sanchez at all no Um, dirty sanchez was really gross yeah, well, Dirty's like, they had their personalities in that, but Dirty Sanchez seemed to me like someone who watched Jackass and didn't actually understand what made it, like, popular. Yeah. Oh, Jackass, that's the where the guys fucking hurt themselves and stuff. Oh, let's make that show. And it's like, well, yes and no. Jackass is more about the, the personalities, first of all, but also the kind of charmingness of how naff a lot of the stunts were yeah it was never really extreme maybe once or twice that have something that was a little they push it up a little bit but it was always like oh we fall out of a tree <laughs> you know? yeah. it was always so like the simplicity of it was what was so appealing um whereas Dirty Sanchez, yeah, it was kind of gro- more gross out. It was in grubby. A, in a physical sense, yeah. And it was trying hard. I mean, it's it's the same thing we say about Dirty Sanchez. You could apply to every online person who Im- imitated Jackass off. And it's like, it's just not as good because you are, you are a person who has watched Jackass. Therefore, it's less impressive that you're doing this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the it, best Jackass stunts. The punchline was always Steve-O going, whoa, dude. It was never Steve-O hurt himself. Yeah. You know, the punchline was that, the, oh, they're fine. And they're like, whoa, man. Oh, it just seemed like it was just they're being hurt. That's what's funny. In between all the big stuff, you have to have those little 30-second inserts in Jackass where someone's sitting there on the set eating their lunch and someone just like fucking breaks an egg on their head just to do it. You know, if you don't have that stuff, it's just you're, you're losing the magic. Exactly. Um. So I'll continue watching Wild Boys. I don't know how much time I have for Evil Man, to be honest. Um, it was like fucking eight seasons or some shit of that, wasn't there? There was loads. I think there's five and the of Evil Bam and four of yeah, four. Bam's Ohoni Union. Fucking don't waste your time with that absolute shit. <laughs> um, that's all that I watched in the world of Tally and Drag Race, obviously. But that's hmm. how about you, Joe? Well, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about a, a series we've been watching. So um, as regular listeners will know, uh, so Michelle and I both work from home and we have lunch at the same time. And every day we watch two episodes of a sitcom. So in the past, we watched uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, finished yeah. that, did The Simpsons, seasons one to ten, got through all of those. 
Uh, we did Scrubs, the whole run of Scrubs as well. Even the last season, which was fucking dreadful. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> season nine. And more recently, we've been watching Parks and Recreations, Parks and Recs, the um, kind of office kind of spin-off or inspired by the office uh, show that, that started in kind of mid 2000s. So I've never seen, I'd never seen it before. I think I'd watched little clips of it here and there, but I'm sure I was mm. a huge, huge fan of it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't kind of that keen on it, but I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. Michelle likes it, and I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, I have to say, after a dodgy kind of first season, I think it did settle into a really good rhythm, and I did end up really enjoying the show and the characters. Okay. Um, so you've got uh, Leslie Knope, um, who's a kind of main character, who's a very kind mm-hmm. of ambitious local politician uh, who thinks she's Hillary Clinton. Um, you have, of course, uh, Chris Pratt, who plays Andy Dwyer, who is a wonderful, probably my favorite character in it. He's incredibly funny, does a lot of silly physical comedy. He's the highlight of the show for me. And I think it, I'm amazed they kept Chris Pratt for, for as long as they did on the show. Um, he's so good. Um, yeah. Rashida Jones, uh, Ron Swanson, who some people may be familiar with from memes. If they haven't seen the show, yeah. a man who has a mustache and likes breakfast food and making things from wood. Yeah. Um, a joy. Um, yeah, so I, it was really good. Um, I think it started obviously to peak, fade out a little bit towards the end, but yeah, it was really good. And I, I think I never watched the US office cause I could just never get past the fact that it was supposed to be a mockumentary, but it was basically just a traditional sitcom and they, mm. unlike the UK office, they weren't kind of true to life they weren't strict about making it feel like a real documentary at all and that always kind of turned me off as well as the fact that it was kind of similar to the uk office and i love that so much that it was hard to kind of watch yeah a similar version of it but parks and recs i kind of found because it didn't have the office uh, connection to it i was like oh, okay you know i'll give it a go and they do i think they almost ignore the, the mockumentary aspect of it so much that it doesn't even really matter like it's technically a mockumentary, but they film things which would just make absolutely no sense to ever appear in like a documentary. It's obviously just ridiculous. Sure. Uh, and it's quite a surreal show as well. Some of the jokes and the the parodies and stuff are very surreal. Uh, not lifelike at all. So very funny. So um, yeah, it was really good. Um, the strange thing about it as well is it's kind of a, a very Obama era show. So like Joe Biden does a cameo in it oh, yeah. a lot of times and they talk about Obama a lot and, and that kind of era. And it just feels like ancient history, <laughs> that kind of era of politics, because that was that was kind of pre-Trump, Brexit, COVID and, and everything else has happened since. So it was very, very strange. But um, yeah, I really did like the show. So I'm glad, glad I watched it. And we're going to be moving on to... There's a big announcement. Next sitcom we'll be watching. Oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Yes. There yeah. we go, boys. Sterling. Oh, Niles. No. Oh, you the used an yeah. adverb instead of an adjective. Oh. Niles, the bloody dogs eating oh. my opera record. Oh. I hate my dad's chair so much. I'm going to cover it. I've still never watched it. Uh, why, why aren't you watching it with them then? Why don't you watch it with Michelle and Joe? Yeah, come on. For a little Skype. Stop, come on stop, now. Frazier. little Zoom call. Oh, uh, Frazier, I bought you the uh, six-inch version of it. Oh, great, Niles. I wanted something to wipe my ass with. 
good shit. Good shit. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the TV for the week. Excellent. Uh, that is our telly goff for the week. Uh, we will jump in now to the movie goff. I have I, the month of January. I have not watched very many new television shows or movies. I went to the cinema once this week, and I did just just because we had the option to go to the cinema again because of the the changing rules here. Uh, we went and saw the Spider Man again. Mm. Uh, I I don't think I I don't think I my takes changed very much. On a second viewing versus the first, I still enjoyed it very, very much. Uh, but it, it does kind of make me just think, like, it, things just become so much more inherently stupid once you start introducing the magic stuff. Because mm. there's, like, three or four plot points in the movie, including the ending, which very broadly I liked, where it's basic. the logic of the scene is just like, uh, no, we can't do that because that's not the rules of the magic but we can do this slightly less convenient thing because that's allowed by the rules of the magic. Oh. Uh, that's a little bothersome. But other than that, I think it very broadly kind of achieves what it's going for. Uh, but yeah, not, uh, not, not too much else there. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to the, thea- the theater to oh, see yes. the tragedy of Macbeth. Ooh. I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. I'm very interested to hear your take on that. Because so, I've heard every kind of possible take across yes. the spectrum on that one. I've heard a lot, so we will we will find a tune in next week, uh, live, 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 eight pm uh, when we record it. Macbeth <laughs> adaptation. Uh, we will be talking about that, but yeah, no other movies for me this week. Uh, just the one for me, and I I kind of specifically watched it to just have a movie this week because after our our movie dud of last week, um, so I watched on Netflix dot com. For the first time, planes, trains, and automobiles, uh, which feels like one of those 80 movies that kind of everyone has seen. Um, it's just one of those kind of cultural mm. kind of milestones. I, for, for whatever reason, I never put myself down in front of it. Um, and you might recall when I talked about Spaceballs recently, I really did not care for John Candy in it at all. I thought he was very forced. I thought he was very unfunny. And Steve Martin is obviously prone to the odd clangor from time to time as well. However, I found it utterly charming, very funny. I thought the two lead performances absolutely nailed the brief. I thought John Candy was great in it. I thought Steve Martin was great in it. Uh, Two characters that are equally unlikable, but for very different reasons. You have the 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 man with the heart of gold, but who is an absolute slob, and you have kind of the perfectionist uh, who who gets annoyed at the slightest imperfection. Uh, I thought it worked very well. Um, the little road trip, the little journey they go on is 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 very fun. Uh, every little setback they encounter, very satisfying. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a very, a very fun watch. The only, if I was to criticize it at all, and it's the kind of movie that I almost don't want to because I enjoyed it so much, I would say the ending. I, I, I really liked, and I liked the way that they, they certain revelations mm-hmm. came out. I will say it felt a little abrupt. Um, that you know, certain things are, are laid bare, and then the movie's over. Okay. And while they are resolved, it just it feels like there's maybe one little scene missing at the end where I don't know. 
they they finally get the Thanksgiving dinner or something. I don't know. It's just, it, the end just kind of comes at you in five minutes. It goes from the turn and then it's over, mm. which is a, a mild criticism because I think otherwise the ending is is perfectly handled. Just when the credits rolled, I was like a little bit, oh, that all happened very fast. But uh, the setup to it is is so good that it, it basically earns it, so you can't be too mad at it. Um, yeah, very, very good. Definitely deserving of its uh, position as like one of those classic 80s comedies that uh, that gets a lot of recognition and, and uh, I think holds up very well. Um, my favorite scene is... Um, uh, there's there's a uh, as it's an 80s comedy there's of course a, a bit of gay panic involved of course yeah 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 the, the the two boys have uh they're trying to get a hotel room hotel rooms are all booked out because it's thanksgiving they find one where they have to share a bed and they wake up in in the morning john candy's kissing steve martin on the earlobe oh, and uh but what's the gay panic itself is funny not in so much that it like it doesn't really come off homophobic anyway but what, what's what i found funny about it was the way they show that well i'm not a i'm not a gay i'm a, a masculine man is they, they they both stand up out of bed start flexing their muscles <laughs> and talk about see that game the other week yeah <laughs> or whatever and it was just it's like so ridiculous so over the top silly that i was like oh mm. brilliant brilliant stuff yeah i thought it was very very fun very very good yeah, great movie. Uh, uh, already, uh, Joe. Oh, I got a couple. I got a couple. Um, so we watched as, as again, long time listeners will know. Um, I have seen every single Tom Hanks movie that's, that's ever oh, come yes, out. Oh yes, absolutely. Big Tom, big Tom Hanks fan. So uh, even recently, watching the uh, kind of Apple TV exclusives, um, these um, so we watched. I don't know, something called Greyhound or something. I can't even remember. It was a war movie. It was really, really boring. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched that, and then we also watched his most recent film, which is called Finch, um, which is a post-apocalyptic movie. So it's it's a bit of a castaway-like type movie because Hanks mm. is the only actor in it um, for the entire movie, except for two other characters. So he has a dog and he has a robot that he's kind of built to accompany him on a journey that he's making across this kind of post-apocalyptic uh, California uh, that, he's, that he's living in. Um, I would say, like, it wasn't a great movie, if I'm honest. The first mm. two-thirds, um, the robot is incredibly annoying. <laughs> okay. um, and it's supposed to be to a degree because the kind of – it's almost like an odd couple thing where Hanks is trying to teach this robot how to be more human – and he's getting annoyed that the robot's doing, you know, things it shouldn't be doing. But it's just so annoying. You just and the robot's voice is so annoying. You just think, oh god, I don't want to sit through this. Um, I think they also do quite a poor job of setting the stakes for why we should care about the kind of journey and the why he has this dog and this robot and everything. Like you, you don't really get into that until the, the kind of end of the second act, third act. And you kind of see they were going for a bit of a reveal of like, oh, here's you know what's really been motivating him. But if they'd had that at the start, you might have actually cared a bit more about the journey. Like it, it was just Tom Hanks with an annoying robot and a dog. Like there was, right. <laughs> there was no reason to be interested in them getting to the. They're trying to get to the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. There's no reason to care. Um, so I would say it does kind of pull it back a little bit in the third act. Um, 
you know did quite kind of learn to to like the robot and again that's kind of point of the, the film the robot becomes more human as the movie goes on less kind of robotic more human but it, yeah it, it it didn't have enough in the first two kind of acts for me to really give it a thumbs up i go like a three mm. three stars on it not, not not the worst hanks movie but it's no castaway there's no it's no wilson you know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. Not you great. enjoyed so, the little ball more than the robot. Oh, absolutely! With the ball with a face on it, it was, uh, had more personality than the annoying robot. Um, yeah. So Finch, okay, thumbs the Hanks thumbs in the middle uh, for me. Uh, and we also watched a, a little French film on the uh, streaming service you might have heard of called Mubi. Oh no! Uh, oh, oh, oui, oui. Um, so this was the debut film of uh, Celine Sciamma, who directed Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I spoke about I think just yeah. over Christmas, before Christmas. Um, this was a debut film, and it's um, it's about a kind of love triangle, coming of age love triangle between three girls who are all uh, in like a synchronized swimming team um, in a French high school. Um, so it's very, very French. They're all uh, in love and they're discovering love and uh, they're French. And, uh, and it's it's a good film, though. But it, it does very much feel like a debut kind of independent film in terms of mm. it's, you know, very kind of simple sets, very naturalistic. Um, but I did enjoy it. And I think she does a she did a good job of kind of portraying these three sort of teenage girls and showing their kind of you know emotions and and insecurities and everything so yeah really good i look so this second film of hers i've seen i look forward to kind of i think she's done four or five films and um, so i think we'll end up watching the rest because yep. both of these really really kind of interesting depictions of of kind of you know female sort of sexuality and, and lesbianism as well and it's kind of portrayals you don't necessarily see um Portrait of Lady on Fire did it, but it was kind of a historical drama, and you often you often see historical dramas with lesbians in. Like that's the only right. time you ever see lesbians is a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago. <laughs> you know, oh, well, I'm a lesbian. They didn't even have the word. They knew they were lesbians. Yeah. Um, so I think really, really interesting, really different. So I look forward to watching the rest of that. But yeah, uh, Water Lilies that was called. She uh, did Petite Maman last Petite year. Petite Maman, right? like, yes. Well, I think that's. Yeah, is that been out of the cinema over here? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think oh, that's. I'm not sure. I think girlhood it might be out. Got, it might be out now. Yeah, well. Girlhood as well. So look forward to look forward to seeing those. But yeah, a couple, yeah. Of, a couple of good movies. Well, Mark Kermode was very big on. I think he gave Petit Maman like his film of the year. Yes, he did. Um, I, think that's, so I, yeah. I must check those out at some point. Petit Maman. Petit Maman, and that was our Petit Mouvet Guff. Oui, oui. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will now uh, jump to the the go- de 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 jeu. No, what's the game? What's the game? Yeah, jeu video. Jeu video. Yeah, uh, we'll do that now. That's the that's the little French bit. Um, <laughs> I did uh, finish this week my two like current streaming projects. Uh, as I mentioned it there earlier, Spider Man for the PS One. Uh, I I think I and a lot of people have a very special place for this game in our hearts because it was like the first. Hmm, 
I don't really rate those 16-bit ones, like the Maximum Carnage and all that stuff. I just don't think they're that good. This was like the first really good Spider-Man game in the year 2000 at the time. Obviously, there's been a lot of good ones ever since. Uh, going back to it now, like basically every early 3D game on the PlayStation 1, you're fighting the camera as much as you're fighting the enemies and... and uh, there's kind of no real way to play it currently and not see it for its flaws. Uh, um, so again, like I, was, I, I talked about the little handheld gimmick I, I, last week that I have. I think that's a great way to play retro games because it's a small screen. It's also 480p. It's not fucking crystal clear HD. You can see all the gross fucking uh, textures up close and personal. But for this, because I was streaming it, I had it hooked up to the big telly, you know, on the, the uh, on an emulator that, that blew it up to 1080p. It was, it was kind of warts and all. I still enjoyed it. I still think it's very well made for its time, uh, but it's, it's kind of hard to go back to um, uh, uh, with 2021 eyes. The, uh, the other thing I, I finished this week was the First game in the Dark Pictures anthology, uh, the, uh, the Man of Medan, which was quite good, as I mentioned before. It is it is literally, they, they took the Until Dawn formula and made a new IP, but with the exact same, the, the exact same gameplay. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, horny teens out on a boating <laughs> expedition. Um, they stumble upon a ghost ship and uh uh things do transpire and you you play from you play as basically all the characters there's multiple perspectives and it's very much a choose your own adventure your decisions shape the story sometimes you don't know what you're picking there's heat of the moment chase sequences where picking the wrong direction could get you killed and stuff like that Mm. um and it is a very good one of those super massive games who made who made this and until dawn i think they have a knack for this it's it's like the, the the decisions are really kind of meaningful the stories aren't as kind of uh, uh, it, they're they're kind of the inverse of Telltale games, like The Walking Dead. You know, somewhat infamously, like the first one was the one everyone played. There yeah. was one ending to that game. There was not six endings, depending on your choices. But how you got there, you kind of snaked and veered and changed course all over the place. And that was the kind of that was the appeal of that game. This one is more kind of no, you can like fuck this up completely and get a terrible ending where you kill everyone and 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 you ruin everything. You can in these games, you can do that. But the the flip side of that, because the story has to be more variable, it is pulpier. It's not going for any kind of deep, meaningful character stuff. Um, uh, not that they 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 are badly written, but it's kind of hard to do both. You can't really have these characters have any really significant connections to each other or deeper arcs when the appeal of the game is I'm running away from a ghosty and I tripped over a fucking stick and cut my head open and died. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't do it both ways. Uh, but it's a very satisfying kind of roller coaster in that style. Um, and, and again, it, it does a good job of nothing really feels cheap. Uh, one mechanic that I think they actually fine tuned really well from Until Dawn is you can find items and pictures in the in the world, and they give your characters premonitions of their death or other characters' right. death, which is a little, and it's like two seconds. It's nothing too significant. It's not like oh, don't go here. It's more kind of just you see their literal death animation, and so then later on in the game, like as I was kind of streaming it, I was even saying oh. 
I recognize this like room. So like, don't go in there or be careful or get ready to do a quick time event. And it's, it's, they do their best to balance it and not make it feel cheap. So Man of Medan, very good. Thumbs up. Uh, it's only a couple of hours long. It's, it's quite short relative to Until Dawn, but it's also, it was cheap when it came out and now you can definitely get it for like 20 quid. Um, it's it's uh, very good. Uh, in a few weeks, I don't know exactly when I'll be streaming the next one of those. These all seem to have kind of really obscure, like weird uh, uh, celebrity uh, uh, um, appearances in them. Uh, Until Dawn had Peter Stormare and Rami Malek uh, was in that. Uh, Hayden Pantier is in, the, is in Until Dawn as well. This one, uh, there's probably more actors in it that I didn't recognize, but the one I noticed was uh, Iceman from X-Men. Uh, I can't remember the actor's <laughs> oh, name. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, him, that lad, he's in it um, as, a, as a real shithead. He's actually quite good in it. Um, and yeah, they're, they're good-looking games as well. Like, you recognize the actors. You look at them and go, that's that guy. It's, they are good-looking games. They also have the classic uh, Resident Evil-style fixed camera angles where you're walking around the level, so it looks really, really great. Uh, the next one has Will Powter in it, the British chap. Uh, okay. he's, he's in the next one, Little Hope it's called uh, so I'll be streaming that in a few weeks so yeah, uh, thumbs up on, 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 on uh, I'll say Until Dawn, uh, Man of Medan uh, yeah, so I beat those I've also been continuing to dabble with, with Far Cry 6, look, it, it's uh, as everyone said when it came out, it, it does the Far Cry thing and it does it well um, it's been, it's, I, I was literally using it as a podcast game over the weekend, it was kind of like catch up on some audio and I'm just not even, I can't remember the last time I did a story mission, I'm just pottering around, clearing out bases finding items meeting npcs um it has a it has a very nice flow to it that they introduced in five where you clear out an enemy base and then it populates with your guys and when you do that one of your guys goes oh by the way down the road there's a checkpoint we could really do with you getting rid of that and so you go and do that and then when you do that you find a little slip of paper that's like oh we've set up an anti-aircraft thing further down the road and then you go and clear that and when you take out the anti-aircraft gun that means you can fly so it has a nice kind of progression uh, mm. uh like that it they they that was from five but they've done a good job of getting rid of the ubisoft you climb a tower and open up the whole area they've tried they've done very well at kind of naturally saying you you tend to just like stumble across here's a flyer for the races that's nearby you can it has racing yeah. of course because it's an open world game it has to have racing uh, all the military targets whether it's a checkpoint or a base or a convoy you need to ambush you just kind of come across people telling you about it in a way that's actually pretty nice um, and so it's and then it's similarly it's very it is very simple to go oh well I'll just go do that oh I took out the anti aircraft gun now I can attack that base but I don't have to be stealthy I can get my fucking plane and fucking rain fucking hellfire down on them and do it that way um and it's 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 a it's it got a real one more go uh, aspect to it which is good um so yeah that's good uh and then on the on the retro side of things i finished six golden coins uh, 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 uh probably the first game I, I i can now say i completed as a as a six-year-old and a 30-year-old um as i mentioned last week look, it's great it, it, it is very easy it is just uh uh it, it, you know it's a real achievement in like god look at what this team was able to do with the game boy which as we said last week not that good it's not that it's not that good i mean the game boy is is so so limited and it's like it's not only a good looking and sounding mario game but also it doesn't it doesn't quite have the same art style as the other stuff um the first mario land game is doing its best approximation of 8-bit mario with the game boy tech this one is kind of doing its own thing, like the the Wario character and little bunny ear Mario. All the the water levels have different enemies to what you typically have in the other games. It's 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 got its own kind of thing, and I know like it wasn't directed by Miyamoto. It was uh, I can't remember the chap's name, but it was directed by a a, a different uh, um, game director. 
it's not quite a big departure like Japanese Super Mario 2 and the NES. It's not that level of different, but it's 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 a cool little thing uh, in its own right. So I've been playing that, and uh, I've been futzing around with uh, the Dreamcast quite a lot on the old emulator. Uh, I played Soul Calibur for like the first time. I kind of realized as I was playing it, I was like, I have never played this game. I have never touched it for one second. Uh, it's great. It's really fun. It's very, it's very easy to pick up and play. If you're categorizing uh, uh, fighting games this way, it's a game you're able to just mash, and you can you'll get something out. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so I was able to beat arcade mode a couple of times just by going absolutely ham on the controller. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. And the game I think I've played the most since I got this thing is Marvel vs. Capcom 2, also on the Dreamcast. That is a game you absolutely cannot just do that. I, I found very quickly that when you play arcade mode and it's your typical fighting game thing of it's like eight straight matches to climb a tower to win yeah. arcade mode. It's like first match... I can just go ham. I'm playing as fucking Spider-Man and I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. He's swinging and his web's going and I just win. And then it's pretty much straight away from the second fight. It's like, no, you get killed. You have to know how to play this game. You cannot just do that. Uh, so I actually, I was like, I went into training mode and I was like, okay, let's pick my team. It's all, it's all, it's trios matches exclusively in Marvel versus Capcom 2. It's all, uh, uh, it's 3v3. So I picked my team. And so then I was, I Googled, because uh, this is obviously one of the most fucking celebrated fighting games ever, so there were guides and move lists and tips and tricks, and here's how to start if you're a beginner. And I'm reading all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, how do I fucking play this game? Uh, and I, I actually went into the practice mode, and I figured out some moves. I have yet to finish arcade mode, but I've come so close, uh, and that's going to be my, my – it's my here at the end of January, I'm making my New Year's resolution. is like, I want to get good at Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Um, uh, it's it's really fantastic. Um, even that's a game in, in 2021 still looks absolutely fantastic. All oh, the character art is gorgeous. Yeah. It's so, so, so good. Uh, there was a, like last year, there was like a campaign from like some people in the fighting game. It's not available to buy anywhere online. Uh, if you want to buy a PS2 copy of it, it's like 80 quid or something like that. Uh, out of print and Marvel doesn't seem to be in the business of renewing licenses for retro games. You know, they're, they're kind of like buy the new thing, you know? Um, yeah, but I'm really enjoying that. So, uh, yeah, that's the, um, that's the game guff for me this week. I haven't, I still, I don't think I've really played anything from this year yet. Um, I want to play nobody saves the world. I'm hearing a lot of good things about that, uh, for the RPG. It's an RPG, but apparently it's, it's quite good. It's not my, typically in my neck of the woods, but quite good. It is of course on game pass and paparazzi. I haven't got to that yet. Uh, what about you, Paul? What have you been playing this week? I've been playing more Banjo Tooie, or should I call it <laughs> Banjo Pooey? You take that uh, back. Because that game sucks. Um, you might re- recall I was very positive on Banjo Kazooie. Uh, one of my absolute favorite uh, 3D platformers from the N64 era. Um, and it just seems like every decision they made in making the sequel. <laughs> made the game worse yeah um because obviously in between banjo kazooie and banjo tooie another little game came out developed by rareware limited another 3d platformer called danky kang 64 yeah in which you collected nine million collectibles and everyone loved uh, it baby everyone thought it was great <laughs> completely out of control so they they said right we need to we need to dial that in unfortunately the balance of Banjo Kazooie was perfect as it was, and they they they've way way uh, under delivered in that aspect in the sequel. So 
In Banjo-Kazooie, it was very simple. You had 100 notes per level, 5 jingos, 10 jiggies, and 2 honeycomb pieces. That was basically it. Uh, so what they've done is in uh, Banjo Tooie is you don't have you still have a hundred notes, okay. but they're not a hundred individual collectibles. They have a little nest of notes, and you get five in each one, which means there are you would say well then there are twenty collectibles. Yeah. Oh no no no, there are not even twenty, brother. There are sixteen, and then there's one that gets you twenty notes in one go. So they're only they've gone from a hundred note collectibles in the level to seventeen. Right. Okay. Um, but the levels are like three times bigger than they used to be. So what you end up with are these huge, empty, cavernous levels, um, with nothing to do in them. Uh, and then the levels also have loads of sub areas. So what you what you had previously, I don't know if anyone if anyone is aware of Banjo Kazooie, but in like the the first level of Banjo Kazooie is called Mumbo's Mountain, and there's one area where you go into a door and it brings you inside, like it's like a termite hill basically, and that's the one area of the level that's inside a door everything else is in the overworld of the level so explore the level you'll see everything that level it has to offer very easily which makes navigating the level easier knowing where you've been and where you haven't been easier uh banjo 2 the levels are like fucking mazes yeah um one the level i uh, i just did which is witchy world which is one of the better levels in the game has like 12 sub areas and the level I'm doing currently, which is like the water level, it's just like an underwater maze. It's impossible to know where you've been. It's like just corridors underwater. It's not like uh, Mario 64's Jolly Roger Bay or Dire Dire Docks, where it's one it's big, one big pool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's no, it's it's tunnels and tunnels into an area, tunnel into an area, tunnel. It's like Halo underwater. <laughs> so you're like, I don't know where I'm going or where I've been, or oh, you have to go back to the rock and fight the. I don't, I don't know where that is. I don't yeah. know how to get there. Do you have infinite breath when you're underwater? You do. Okay. There, there's a thing they do in that level specifically to be like, yeah, Banjo, you can breathe good now. Um, but it does make it fun to play because the swimming is terrible in Banjo-Tooie. They, for some reason, from Banjo-Kazooie to Tooie, they inverted the swimming controls. I don't know why. And you can't change it. So it used to be whatever hold up on the thumbstick would make Banjo kind of tilt that way, i.e. to swim down. Right. But now it's just literally pressed down and you okay. tilt that way, which which seems like a small change. But when you're used to the one, it's it's impossible to wrap your head around. Um, so a lot of the stuff they've introduced in the second game doesn't control well. Uh, every episode has a transformation or every level. This one, you're a submarine and you can shoot torpedoes. Sounds fun, right? Uh, tank controls. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> is basically what the, the developers are saying on that one. So the controls for a submarine are press left or right to turn left or right and then A to move which is impossible to control yeah. especially in a 3D space um, and so yeah the more I play it the more I just kind of hate it and I'm definitely reaching a breaking point of like I'll give it I'll give it a few more hours maybe maybe I'm just in the worst little run of the game but I'm honestly like to the point of just deleting it and not finishing it uh, which is such a shock after I was I love Banjo Banjo is perfect banjo kazooie is a 10 out of 10 game perfect game my god they every every crossroads they came to in designing banjo tooie they picked the wrong option the game is boring long uh confusing 
abstruse. I would even go as far as say it's a worse sequel to Banjo Tooie than Mario Sunshine is to Mario sixty four. Uh, I mean that's uh, that's fair because as we as we as mulled over when we both replayed that game, um, like Mario Sunshine has a lot of good things about. It, it doesn't seem like Banjo Tooie has much of anything going for it. No. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I'm massively disappointed with it. It was one of the things I was most excited to start playing over Christmas, but it's like, it's a complete mess. Um, but now you got to go play Nuts and Bolts, so... No, I'm, ne- I'm never going to play Nuts and Bolts. Why I'm not? Straight- oh, fuck, I don't want... Because it's not the same Rare that made that game it's, that made the first It's game. not, but it's like... The, listen, there are Nuts and Bolts truthers out there. there oh, are I, people, know. They, listen, I know. Listen, you might... You, if it's not another one of those games, but you might still like it. You should do it for completionist's sake. No, I understand that I might like it, but no, I, I I feel like it's it's not really even in the same series. Like it it might be good, but given that I've I only like Banjo Kazooie and don't like Banjo Tooie, I don't see that as a, Listen, a direct man. link into playing nuts and bolts. The bears that go <laughs> I know. But That's the birds. <laughs> not for me, I don't think. Um, <laughs> No, I, I, I'd rather play something like Psychonauts 2. Uh, now, that is a video game, let me tell you. Something that something that's not got Banjo-Kazooie plastered on the front, but is maybe spiritually closer. Yes, yeah. Um, you're, you're, not, you're not wrong, you're not wrong. No, but unfortunately, I have to report to people to, uh, to maybe if play Banjo-Kazooie. I definitely would recommend that, but stop there and pretend they never made a, a horrible sequel. And, and play it on Xbox if you can. And of course, play the Xbox version. But it just came out on Nintendo Switch Online. So if you don't have an Xbox, fuck it, play it on there. But don't don't try and complete it. Just try and finish it. Yeah, if you have Nintendo Switch Online, cancel that. Get an Xbox. You know, um, <laughs> you'll pay less in the long run. You'll pay less in the long run. Anyway, um, that was our game guff for the week. More of that next week, of course. Uh, we'll jump in now to the emails. I got two emails here. First one is from friend of the show, Will. Thank you very much, Will, for reaching out. He says, Hi, Barry, I'd like to come out in support of your take that Sean Spears is indeed great and only a shade lower. And I don't think I said this, Will. Only a shade lower than Danielson. I don't think I said that. I got no. I don't think I said that. Paul, Paul is wrong in branding him a branding of him as a little Randy Orton. Yeah, that's very harsh. That's very harsh. Uh, you think being called the chair shot podcast, Joe and Paul would appreciate him more. Well, that's <laughs> true as well. He's brought chairs back into the wrestling. Okay. So I think we should respect him for that. Uh, thank you very much, Will, for your support. A good little hand, Sean <laughs> Spears. That's what he is. Okay. He, he deserves his credit for that. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for that, Will. Uh, I have got another one from La Birthday Girl, Michelle. Uh, she says, Hi, lad. For my birthday, I ended up getting some more houseplants and love the new addition to the family. Do you and your girlfriend have houseplants and have you kept them alive? Uh, we don't have houseplants. We do. We have gotten multiple gifts of flowers. I myself have given many flower gifts. I mean, I'm just that kind of guy. You know, I'm kind of, I'm, 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 I'm good like that. Uh, I think we do a decent job of keeping those alive for as long as we can. Obviously, those are not really made to last you get someone you know birthday or christmas or how we got housewarming flowers as well i believe you know things that are in a shop that are cut off at the stem so they're not really going to 
to to last. But we do a decent job. Uh, we do not have any actual house plants, though. Um, that is definitely one, like a million other things, definitely on the agenda for the kind of when we eventually get our own house. I would love to have loads of plants. I would love to. I think they they brighten up the place. This this apartment we've done a good job of making it uh, very homey, but it is uh, it is plantless. Unless I'm forgetting one. If there is one, it's probably very small. But uh, no. Uh, so we'll it, it, when when I do move, I'll reach out to Michelle for for plant tips and tricks. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'll just go on YouTube. Uh, plant raising explained. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the the end of your plant's life explained. Um, uh, and all that. So thank you very much, Will and Michelle. Yeah, Happy Natty, Michelle. Natty is big on the plant husbandry as well. She, she's got her little parsley pot and everything in the, in the greenhouse, uh, tomatoes and the like. She's very good at it. But I also have an email quickly. Just, just one that just came in. Okay. It's from former president of the United States, George Washington, who keep in mind cannot tell a lie he says hi paul you are uh, right about sean spears <laughs> will is a foolish man who cannot be trusted um thank you for your email uh george much appreciated george coming out of the grave to send that email and not do anything else pal if, uh, your democracy is at stake you need to go fix that because people are marching in the streets saying sean spears is bad you know um <laughs> Um, uh, any other emails, <laughs> no, uh, no not that's me. all right. Just, just um, those for the week. Uh, so, just quickly before we get into our review of the Royal Rumble, which I don't know how much I ultimately will have to say about it, but we do have a little Royal Rumble quiz. Hell yeah! Same yeah. format as last week. Oh hell yeah, you! It's pointless feud fortunes, family on the pointless. So. For, for those who don't remember, uh, the rules are thus. So I, there's three rounds uh, in which the answers are arranged in an order, usually by whatever, uh, numerical order, let's say. Uh, and if you give the number one answer in the list, you get one point. If you give the 10th answer in the list, you get 10 points. So you're trying to get an answer that's within the top 10 for the category I'll give you, but you're trying to get one towards the lower end, a, a slightly more obscure answer. Or you could play it safe and try and get one of the, the, the lower points ones as opposed to not scoring at all. So, Barry, you went first last time, so I'm going to let Joe go first this time. Here we go. Here we go. In the name of equality. Uh, the first category is longest cumulative time spent in Royal Rumbles. Now, what I'll say is, this is the category one is men Royal Rumble specifically, yeah. and this does include the greatest Royal Rumble, just in the interest oh. of, of uh, transparency. So, uh, we have ten people named here in order of the yeah. combined time they spent in the Rumble, and we're looking for one of the top tens. Joe, you're first if you would like to go. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for Mr. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is correct, Joe, and it's a good score. Mm. Dolph Ziggler is number eight in the list. Oh, yeah, eight there points. We go. There we go. Three hours and eight minutes as well, funnily enough. Barry. Okay. I'm really not confident in this one, but I think if, he, if he's on, he'll be a high scorer. Mr. Daniel Bryan. Dan Bryan is not a scorer, Barry, I'm afraid to say. Ooh. Dang it. And what I will do, I'll just make a clarification for now, right? 
this is true of all three categories for today. Uh, if someone has appeared in the Royal Rumble under a different gimmick, it's it. They all count as one. Yeah. One. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's the human being <laughs> as opposed to the gimmicks. Okay. Joe, back to you. Um, Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston is not a scorer, oh. I'm afraid. He, he he gets eliminated right after he does his little. Oh, what can be hands? But eliminate it. Back to you, back to you, Barry. Uh, okay. Um, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, correct. Number Ooh. five, three five. hours forty-seven minutes. Okay. Joe. Um. I'll go for. I'll go for. Oh, there's there's some obvious ones I don't want to go for. Yeah, same. So I'm trying yeah. to avoid those, but I don't want to go wrong again and and waste a chance of putting some points on the board. So, uh, who else could I possibly? Trying to think, he was in it yesterday. Who might have been? <laughs> <laughs> He might have appeared in of quite a few. Um, I'll go for Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio is correct. Oh, yes. But it's, it's only a three-pointer. He's number three in the all-time list. Not bad. Uh, four hours, 14. He, of course, had the the one win where he was in a fray. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. I think I think this will be a high a high one, but I I, I want to I rack some scores here, so I'll go for it. Uh, K- uh, Kane. Kane is correct. It's a higher score than you might think. Number seven. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, I, thought he, I, thought he, I thought he was going to be near the top. Yeah, Three okay. hours, 19. Uh, Kane, Diesel, Fake Diesel, Isaac Yankum all made appearances. Of course, yeah. Yeah, they all get, yeah of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Joe. Um, hmm, I think he's gone. I'll go for Edge. Edge is correct, Joe. Yes. For six points. What? Wow. Okay. Three hours thirty-one for him. Uh, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is correct, Barry. And he is number one on the list, so it's a a paltry one point. Uh, I actually uh, thought he might have been ten. I was like, he. I thought. I thought that was a great guess. (laughs) Four hours fifty-nine. Jesus Christ! Wow. Okay. Um, right, Joe, your last guess for this round. Oh, last guess. Do I risk it? I think no. I think I'll play it safe and go for. Well, hopefully, play it safe and go for Randy Orton. And Randy Orton is correct uh, for two points. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was the yeah. Um, uh, Randy Orton was going to be mine. Um, God, I'm just kind of struggling to fucking think of any other ones. Last guess, Barry. Um. This is the one, and this was something I really realized last night. I'm like, God, some of you fucking mid-card dregs. Michael, like, <laughs> entering his 70th Royal Rumble, Dolph Ziggler. Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking loser. Um, I will go with... Oh, God, I feel like there's a really fucking obvious one. Um, I will go with The Miz. And the Miz is not a score, I'm afraid, Barry. Shit. So round one ends. Uh, Joe nineteen points, Barry thirteen. Okay, so I, th- I, I thought I was. I thought I was further behind than that. Okay, I'll give you the missing ones. Number four, 
two-time winner of the Royal Rumble is Triple H. Yeah. yeah. Number nine, he's not there anymore. There was rumblings that he might show up, but he ultimately did not last night. It's Cody Rhodes. Oh, oh really? Slash wow. Stardust. Three hours and six minutes. And for ten points, he, it might be the only quiz where he'd get you ten. One John Cena. Okay. Two hours, 48. So, on to round two, where there are fewer answers than you might think, but th- I guess the game on round two is is what order will they actually end up in. It's the same, but for the women's Royal Rumbles. Okay. Cumulative time spent in women's Royal Rumbles. Mm. Barry, you're up first this time. Oh, God. This is re- the, the fact that there's only been like four makes this really hard. Because yeah. I know I, I I can I can definitely name loads, but it's like Natalia. Natalia's correct, Barry, for three points. Mm. Two hours fourteen. Yeah. Um, I'll go for Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is also correct, Joe, but only for two points. Shit. Two hours seventeen. Just three minutes more than Natalia. Uh, God, who who do they wheel out every fucking year for this thing? Um, <laughs> and so like they like they there was people in last night. So they said, "Oh, in everyone so far." <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't think any of them were in for especially long. Tamina, Tamina, not a score. I'm Come on, come not on, Barry. No. Joe, over to you. Um, I'll go for Charlotte. Correct. Uh, for one point, she's top of the list. Two hours, 22. Uh, I would say Sasha Banks. Also correct. Six points. Yes, one there we go. There we go. Now. Come on now. She's a bit further down the list. All right. Um, oh, God, I can't remember her fucking name now. What is it? <laughs> she's uh, Australian. Ray Ripley. Mm. Ray Ripley. Correct. Yes. Fifth on the list. One Ooh, hour and eight minutes. Three and a half more than Sasha Banks has had. Barry, back to your number four. Asuka. No, Asuka doesn't make Whoa, that. come Asuka on. Make that. That's, that's, as to your point, there's been so few. When you miss one, you fall off the list. Like, no Asuka oh. in the top 10, I'm afraid, Barry. Oh. Joe, back to you. Hmm. So I did have a guess, but she wasn't in last night's one. So now I'm thinking she. Uh, I'm not saying it. that's necessarily always going to be the case, but that oh, is well. something to consider. I think she maybe did a long run. It. I'll go for Bailey. No, Bailey's not there <sighs> for the same reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you guys since your even goes right. The the lowest entrant on the list has 48 minutes combined. Jesus. So you need more than that. You need more than 48 minutes. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of racking, trying to think of like who's been in them all. Because there's there's one person who I know has been in them all, but is in does like one spot every year. Yeah. So I don't want. I don't want to well, go there. This is your last guess, so make it a good one. Um, Michelle McCool. I'm afraid not, Barry. Terrible, terrible. Ooh. Joe, wrap it up. Um, I've got a name in mind. I'm just trying to think if there's anyone else. Um, my name in mind is Naomi. Um, but because I, I can't remember if she did like a long run. 
Uh, uh, I go for Naomi. Naomi's correct. Oh, four, yes. four points. Yeah, when you said it, I was like, "Fuck, that's right." Yeah, that's definitely on there. Yeah. So the score after that round is Joe. Well, the score for that round, Joe twelve, Barry nine, which means the overall score is Joe is on twenty one. Uh, excuse me, thirty one. Barry's on Barry's on twenty one. Dang it. No, sorry, 22. <laughs> oh, Jesus, my maths is not at it today. Ooh, 31 so to 22. 31 to 22 going into the last round, okay? okay uh, the last it. round is a complicated one, so I'll try oh, to explain God. it as best I can, right? <laughs> so it's the, well, it's the top 10 number of total eliminations, right? Total, across all appearances. Across all appearances. However, however... <laughs> The order in which... I, so I've taken the top 10 most eliminations, but yeah. the, the category here is average number of eliminations per rumble they appeared in. What? Oh, fucking So hell. if someone is on the list, but they appeared in... Did 20 of their eliminations in one rumble and then were in 10 more rumbles and got none, their average is going to be lower than someone else. So it's average number of eliminations per rumble they appeared in for the top 10 total eliminations. Uh, okay, and we're looking for the lowest of that to get the most points. Correct. So they still need to be in the top ten for no, no. It's, it's, they're still in the top ten for total eliminations. Okay. So I'm, it's not it's not someone who was only ever in one and got five, so they have a high average. No, it's still the top ten total. They're just oh, okay. reordered. Okay, okay, okay. I get you. Okay, I get you now. I get you now. Okay, that makes a bit more sense. Okay, yeah. Um, my first. Yeah, Joe, your first. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin is correct. Uh, his his average was <laughs> very high. Every, yeah. He appeared in six Royal Rumbles. His average was six eliminations. Wow. Which is very good. Second second to the top. Uh, I'm going to go in a similar tr- train of thought. No, I was thinking of someone and I was like, no, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't be in the most overall anyway. Um, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, correct. Uh, just slightly under. He's uh, he's number five on the list. His average right. is five point three eliminations okay. for all six rumbles he was in. A total of thirty-two. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is correct. Number four. He's been in five rumbles. His average is five point eight. Triple H. Triple H is correct, Barry. Uh, and with an average of 2.97, he gets you Ooh, 10 points. Get in there. You, you bitch. Um, Good for something, Triple H. Uh, John Cena. John Cena's correct, Joe. A 3.12. He's eight points for oh, Joe. Good yeah. comeback. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Um, well, I'm not too confident in this, but I'll go for it. Oh God! There's one who's definitely on the list, but I'm using this this the ratio. I'm trying to think. Ah, fuck it, I'll just do it. Uh, Kane. Kane is not on the list, Barry. Kane is the record holder for eliminations in one rumble, but he doesn't make the top ten for total. What? Wow. That's mental. That's I mental. Know. I think he's just wow. just outside the top ten. Outrageous. Uh, uh, who's has won the Royal Rumble? That's a good question. I should probably... I go... Edge. 
Edge is correct. Number nine. <laughs> Come on. Uh, three per rumble. 24 total. Wow. Uh, uh, Randy Orton. Randy Orton's not on the list oh. here. Come on now. So, Joe, this is your last guess of the game. Mm. I'll have to go for Big Show. Big Show's not there, I'm afraid. No, that's true. And Barry, your last one? Uh, Undertaker? Undertaker is on the list. He's number six. Okay, not bad. Okay. Uh, he's got the total most. He's got 40 eliminations, but across 11 rumbles. Uh, and then you have Shawn Michaels next, 39 over 12. So, let me tot up the points on this one. So we do Joe first. This is gonna be this is gonna be close, I think. I don't think so. I uh, I, I think I uh, I had some sizable whiffs there. I'm not happy with that. Uh, so Joe for the round. Joe for the round gets 23 points, and Barry for the round gets 21, oh. which means that the total score is Joe. You finished the game on 54, and Barry 43. Okay, closer than I was thinking. Yeah. So that's your Royal Rumble game. Well done. Good, good quiz. Yeah, well good quiz. Good. Let's talk about the actual Rumble now. Le- oh, do we have to? Um, so let me just start by saying, I think in recent years, I've been a lot more forgiving than you guys have. Generally speaking about the enjoyment of the Royal Rumble shows. Uh, I thought last year was pretty fun. Uh, even the one where Daniel Bryan didn't come out at number 30, I thought was a fun show. But last night was one of the, one of, if not the worst, not even necessarily worst, but like least enjoyable shows from start to finish, as far as Royal Rumble shows go, that I think I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I didn't watch all of it. I only watched I watched the two Rumbles and the Lashley Lesnar match. Sure. Um, I didn't enjoy the Lashley Lesnar match. To be honest, it was the usual, you know, move, move, move. But then with a shitty double ref bump, mm. amateur dramatics, fucking Paul Heyman turned again. Um, <laughs> very much their version of the Dante Martin team Taz uh, <laughs> <laughs> turns in turns in turns except less interesting because we didn't get hook out of it um, so that was crap yeah the women's rumble was just alright like I didn't hate it but it's just when you have like uh, Summer Rae comes out and the commentators go the legends continue to come <laughs> Summer Rae like oh my god Listen, like, she has her fans. She has her fans. But it's like both of them but, were there, I think. <laughs> but it was funny that yeah, they they make all this hub about legends and then she gets tossed out like she's a nobody, like yeah. you know. All the, just half hearted nostalgia reactions for all of these performers who weren't particularly over it in their heyday. Yeah. It's just very strange. Um uh, Yeah. I thought I thought like the women's one, I mean I thought the women's one was pretty bad i mean i and it, it it really it sums up the event in total that i watched that and i was like well that was not good at all and then the men's one i actually thought went below that bar again yeah uh, uh for the main event because the women the women's one at least had a, a tiny handful of moments and surprises and things like that that you want out of a rumble mm. um like i couldn't believe when sasha came out i was like 
Here we go. Let's go. All right. They've got they've got literally the best the best worker they have in that whole division. She's back. She just had some time off. She only just came back on SmackDown. She's back. Everyone's excited to see her. She's great. She's going to go in there. She's going to do Shawn Michaels. She's going to be in there for an hour. And I didn't expect her to win because I because the whole the world and their dog knew that Rousey was coming back and that she was definitely mm-hmm. going to win. But like, she's going to be in there for an hour. And it doesn't matter what kind of level everyone else is at. Sasha will be in there and she'll elevate it. And like it was, it was not nearly on the same level. But when she just tumbled out randomly from like what fucking Tamina or some shit, knocking her off yeah. the, I can't even remember who eliminated her. It was to me in my head, all I could picture was just when Bray Wyatt just knocked Daniel Bryan's fingers off the rope, and he just he like un- undramatically just fell to the floor, like it was no big deal at all. Ten minutes into his run or whatever, I was like, you, there's no how could you possibly make a big song and dance of her coming back putting her in number one and she last she lasts like yeah nine ten minutes or something like that that was a real omen uh that was gonna be wrong and it's like i know it's not what you necessarily go to a rumble for but then the, the other the other thing inexplicable thing about her being out so quick is not just how much of a star she is but also you, you fucking needed a good wrestler in there because then the cavalcade of just old people who probably weren't very good in their prime and current roster, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was Tamina in there with fucking Kelly, Kelly and uh, Queen Zelina. And I was like, Jesus Christ, you had to knock Sasha out within 10 minutes. You had to knock her out. Um, yeah, it was. And the Rousey thing is so funny because she got this big pop, but like half the fucking audience hates her and she hates them because she says they made her miserable and all this other shit. And like, I know she just had a baby. I really don't want to knock a person who literally just had a child. She came back very fast. I mean, it was like hero. It's like she was doing heroes of wrestling out there. It was like, it's like. No, it was. It was like you're, you're, you're. It was like someone like past her prime, which I wouldn't have assumed she would be. Like I don't. Nah. Maybe she just had an off night or something. But she, she was. I couldn't believe it because I'm actually. I like Ronda Rousey. I actually think she's. You know. Mm. I I understand why people hate her, but I think Total at the end package of the, day, uh, of the year winner. Yeah, like like I think at the end of the day, no matter no matter what, I think she's is super talented, and she took to wrestling like a duck to water. And it was great. And then I was like, okay, this is going to piss people off. But me, as a person who doesn't even watch WWE, I'm excited because it's like an interesting, exciting wrestler who's good being back. So whatever. Who cares? And then she was just like, I don't know if she's hurt or it was a last second deal or I legitimately have no idea. But I was like, what is up with her in there? She really doesn't look like she's comfortable at all. Um, And then to win when when you're performing that way, you know, uh, was super... Uh, wind out of your sails stuff. No, I agree. Um, I, that was the that was when it kind of picked up when Shayna Baszler came in as well. The two of them in there, I thought were, were good, and it it kind of felt like I don't know a main event or something, a kind of important match once they were in there. But yeah, before that, uh, the dregs, <laughs> the annual pretend the Bellas were good uh, pay per view. Oh God, the Bellas. <laughs> Um, I, I, I thought turned up with Karen haircuts. Like, oh my god! <laughs> I I thought it was it was the women's one was fairly watchable, if not objectively great. Um, although I will say the highlight the the 
match and to an extent the entire show was was the return of right to censor ivory that was great i was like i legitimately did not expect first of all i didn't expect her to be back at all of all the deep pulls to go for right to censor ivory uh that was that was fun her little that scream as she got knocked off the uh the yeah, she was good. and i touch me I did. I did think it was nice that they had, they had Mighty Molly Cod, and because they have a heel superhero, they at least had the common sense to have her jump Molly before she could get in. They because this was this was a, a night of shockingly easy layups that they whiffed on. Uh, yeah. Not not to jump ahead to the men just yet, but the Mysterio thing. After all that talk about it, they didn't do anything with the Mysterios in the Rumble. They at least got like the Nikki Ash thing like right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Nikki Ash, I suppose this was evident in both the Rumbles, men and women. It was amazing to watch this show, and they put for, they legitimately put forty thousand people in this building. As always, it's very impressive that no matter how much it seems interest dips, when WWE says we're going to a stadium and we're doing a big show, people go to it. They do go to it. But for both these shows, if you were not a a, a, um, a returning guy or girl, like Molly Holly, or fucking whoever, or, like, a full-time guy who is also still a legend, like Styles or Orton. They did not give a fuck. They didn't seem to know who half these people were. Like, it was unbelievable. And it's like, I'm familiar with, like, most of the names, and it's like, you know, these are people that I have seen before, but I, because I don't watch regularly, I don't know what their current gimmicks are. And I, so I was, I kind of, I think the three of us kind of were like that parachuting in casual fan. Yeah. And it was just constantly like, what is, what is this song? What is this name? What is this gimmick? What is this shit? And you're not being the curmudgeonly one. Cause like no one's reacting in the building either. Like no one gives a shit about any of these people. Um, which is why, you know, so that's why I think the women's was better than the men's. Cause at the very least, you had Kelly Kelly and you had Michelle McCool and whatever about whether or not they were any good. It's like, well, people reacted to them because they know they knew them. Um, they're good theme songs. Good theme songs. Listen, holla, holla, holla. Oh, the girls the <laughs> um, uh, Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, like Bianca was over, obviously. Sasha was over, obviously. Um, how, how far did Bianca made it near the end she was like final really four far. was yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. so was so was rhea ripley charlotte made sure she got her out nobody else i must kick out the australian <laughs> i i haven't beaten her in a few months let me get that uh, please yeah uh that's a funny recurring story in, in and there was movie. there were a few examples throughout the show as well of the uh the triple h oh you got me kid uh, yeah yeah <laughs> laughing off i think sharon had a bit of that at the end as well when rousey eliminated her oh yeah 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 there was, there was a bit um, of that yeah um, i mean I, I to compare it to the men's one though i mean surprises are great and definitely are a kind of cherry on top but the match still has to be engaging and still has to be fun first and foremost like there, there have been good royal rumbles that had no surprises yes um, yeah so it, it's it's more cherry on top than it is a crutch which I seem to be using it more of hmm. later and later, especially the women's where it was something like 15, not not counting Rousey because it was like a return, but I think it was like 15 of the 30 were roster members and yeah. the rest of them were surprises, which is th- way too heavily skewed in that favor, but they don't have the roster f- to do it. It's like they got trapped now because they've done their uh, evolution pay-per-views and they've done their Divas Revolution. Like, oh, well, we have to do a Women's War Rumble, and but they don't, they don't have the numbers to do it. Yeah. 
oh we gotta call all the old guard in to to return uh mickey james of course did come out to the hardcore country music with the impact title i was shocked um, Fair play. Yeah. and they and they did not they she didn't get any kind of big rub but they didn't humiliate her in the booking either they didn't not like, at all uh, no it was an, a, a solid little run for for that yeah get, like get, and they and the announcer called her the impact look they they genuinely because i i was like in i was like if it's just a Twitter mention that she's the knockout champion, the, the impact of the biggest rubes in the entire fucking world. But no, they got her out there. People reacted to the music a lot, which was kind of surprising. Mm. Um, uh, well, there was also, there was also a TNA chant at one point during the show. <laughs> yes, actually there was. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah, that which kind of shows you how far like wrestling overall has fallen. That the what was considered at the time a horribly flopping downward spiral promotion mm. now gets a chant at the Royal Rumble. I wonder um, for people who don't realize that that was f- the former name of Impact Wrestling. I wonder if they got a misunderstanding of what was being chanted for during the women's match. <laughs> the the um, so yeah, that was that that was the women's match. I mean, it was. I remember being quite really disliking it when it was over, but I think that was just because the Rousey thing is just such a disconnect from their own audience, you know what I mean? It, it, it's mm. like, and like I said, her performance was so odd. And maybe, look, maybe it was the first time thing, she hasn't wrestled in however many long ones and it's three her first. Years. Yeah. Has it really been, no way it's been three years. Third, WrestleMania 35, I think, was the main event. It's Whoa. 38 this year. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay, okay, you know what, so like, okay, benefit of the doubt, like, maybe she's, you know, nervous, ring rust, again, literally just had a child, like, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to say she's cooked, but just to call us, you know, to say what, it, to call it like it was, the performance was bad, but look, reflecting on it now, looking back, I was like, well, you know, it was mostly all right. Like I said, y- your bar for the rumble isn't that high, and I think they almost sort of kind of cleared it by the skin of their teeth, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, and they're still, they're still, you know, I was surprised Bianca got thrown out, but also like they have a whole, they have two titles, so she can do, you know, they yeah. can still, they can still get her in something. Uh, just because I know, I know you lads didn't watch it all. Just before I we did, get to, the, I did watch it. I watched it live. Okay, well, so we'll, 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 we'll go back and we'll, we'll just before we get quickly, to the men's quickly touch on. We'll, we'll touch on the other stuff. So uh, they did. Uh, they opened with Rollins versus Reigns. I was oh, watching it with bro, I was watching it with Bron, and I was trying to explain what the Shield was, and literally as I was saying. But they won't talk about Moxley, obviously. He's in the video package for like two seconds. They won't talk about it. Literally, as those words came out of my mouth, Pat McAfee talked about it. He literally called him Mox as well, which is so funny. <laughs> every, every every now and then when I watch, like Pat McAfee says something he definitely shouldn't be saying, but he definitely gets away with it because they obviously just really like him. Um, I would say he's like not good, but I kind of like him. Like he's not he good. He comes off as legitimately enthusiastic about it, which is the least. I, yeah. The commentary for me, the last few times I've watched WWE, the commentary was the absolute low point. But I have yeah. to say this time it wasn't as bad. I, it wasn't good, but yeah. it didn't annoy me to the point where I wanted to switch off. It, they, they, st- they still have their tropes and they say their mm. they, the, the words they have to say all the time. Like you, the, the marketing, pushing stupendous as the WrestleMania uh, slogan <laughs> is just so. Speaking of, speaking of the slogans and things like that. This is another thing that when you when you parachute into WWE, you constantly notice the amount of ads on their pay per views. Oh my god! Yeah. I realize I realize it's a tenor and it's a subscription service. It ain't like the days of yore when it was a it was a real pay per view for fifty quid. I feel so ripped off whenever I watch this, and it's ads and cricket ads and food ads and. F- <sighs> 
I'm not trying to gr- pearl clutch. The amount of fucking gambling stuff they push on this show is a bit mental. It is a bit fucking yeah. mental. Draft that it's DraftKings all over the show. Not only is that odd to push on a, a, a show that's pushed as so aimed at kids, but also just as someone who's watching a paid broadcast, ads constantly, like, come on. Uh, and, and then there's also like random things that aren't ads that are just video packages. They had that Sasha video package in the middle of the show. I'm like, come on, yeah. let's go, 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 go. Why does it have to be fucking pushing four hours? Snap, 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 let's go. You know, but anyway, uh, Rollins came out in the in in the shield attire, which was nice. Um, uh, through the crowd. Through, through the crowd, which is a great touch. And then, as you would expect, they were having a dang fine match. Good action. Crowd was so into it. I mean, the, the crowd was really dead for the for the men's rumble, but you can't say that they started that way because they were they were oohing and on for every single spot. And then there came the time in the match where they had to have their conversations. And Rollins, let me tell you something. He was getting punched, but he's actually laughing because he's a little bit twisted. Okay, and he likes it. okay. Um, um, sorry, he's a sick freaking bastard. Well, we we haven't even talked about that, by the way. Seth freaking Rollins is his new name. But um, that's a whole that's a whole other thing. So they're doing this, and you're like, okay, well, like whatever. It's WWE. That's just that's just their style. And now you kind of have to swallow it. You know what I mean? It's like we're still having still having still having a good match. Whatever. So then Reigns throws on this guillotine choke, which is his new like secondary finisher. He's established on this 500 day reign or whatever. And Rollins grabs the rope, and he doesn't do a rope break, and they disqualify Reigns in this big fucking world title match at the at the Royal Rumble, and. I think you kind of have to expect some degree of chicanery in Royal... Because, like, f- even throughout the heyday of wrestling, like, 50% of WrestleMania fe- feuds are... At the Royal Rumble, you cheated and shagged me out of this match, threw me out of the Rumble, stole the title all. But they couldn't come up with something better than Reigns doesn't break on a five count and gets disqualified. They couldn't come up with anything other than that. Mm-hmm. It's just... It was such a flat choice, and the crowd just started shitting all over it, and... Um, it kind of came out of nowhere as well. It, it didn't feel like the match was necessarily building to the conclusion by that point. No. I just kind of looked up at it. Oh, he didn't let go. Okay. Yeah. And um, then he whooped him with the chair afterwards. Yeah. He didn't have an orgasm like Sean Spears, but... No. No. Like, yeah, um, he, he's not as good, you know? Uh, some would say he's better than Sean Spears. <laughs> Most people, I would say. Uh, yeah. Roman Reigns is better than Sean Spears. I, I, I would agree with that. That's fine. <laughs> I, uh, that's fine. Um, um, I, I actually didn't, like, even hate the finish. Okay. But I can definitely see, like, you know, as you said, this is your, this is your lapsed fan pay-per-view of the year. This, I think, almost more so than WrestleMania. Yes. This is the one that people will, oh, it's the Royal Rumble, we'll check it out. Then. And your first match has a shitty disqualification finish. <laughs> it's a hell of a way to, hell of a ballsy way to start your pay-per-view. Especially in the typical WWE way where it's like, they're having a good match. It's not a bad match. It's like, it's like you, you get sucked in just to get like slapped in the face, you know. Uh, but then obviously the reason for it is, oh, we'll, we'll do it again, probably at the Saudi show. Uh, yeah, that's what I, and that's, that was the other thing that I was kind of curious I was about, because obviously Roman and Brock is the direction and I'm like, they obviously love Seth. They always have. He's someone they work very hard to protect. But with all that said, and again, this is this is a rhetorical question because we know what the answer is to WWE. I'm like, could he not have just lost at the end of the day? It's WrestleMania season. Roman is the champion. Seth is not. So could he even like he could have done a low blow or something? But he couldn't just have Roman just pin him in some capacity. 
Because like, Roman you, beat the hell out of him anyway, ultimately. Yes, yeah. It's not like, and it, it, it just even makes it even weirder that like the one person like Roman has definitively. Well, no, actually, not. I'm not saying the one person he pinned was Big E, but like he, 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 I can't. I still can't get over that he stacked up Edge and Brian at WrestleMania, and I'm like, God, like this is like a revelation. Like this is how you should should book this guy if he's going to be champion for ten thousand days. He should be stacking people on top of each other and and win like that. I don't know why. Rollins is where you draw the line. You know, I mean, he can't beat Rollins in a straight match. You know, but anyway, that's that's the uh, that's that. So then we had the women's rumble, which you talked about. Uh, we had Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. Um, as, as we kind of said last week when we were, we were talking about it, um, in a parallel universe where they didn't, where they made a semblance of a piece of a decent push for Dewdrop. This probably would have been a, a match that had a lot of heat and was good. It was one of those they were trying really hard. No one, no one gave a shit about it. Um, but also, the WrestleMania sign was on fire during it. Oh yes, yeah. Sorry. So when Ronda it's Rousey won and pointed to the WrestleMania sign, the fire went off, and then there was a small fire on the back of it, and they had to evacuate part of the uh, uh, the crowd. It was funny because the match was started out dead silence, and then the, a general murmur raised, but everyone opposite the hard camera was looking off to their left. Uh, it was kind of like the classic days when there would be a fight in the crowd. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, the match itself was just like a very long Raw match with no real feeling of unpredictability to it, which is a killer in wrestling. Yeah. Um, and do drop like, I feel like people had, she could have been a person who literally was having her first match in front of this crowd. They had no idea. It's one of those things, Becky's a heel, but she's super popular. Dewdrop is also a heel, is my understanding as well, but they very abruptly kind of made her a face for the purpose of this match or whatever. I couldn't tell from the video package, I, honestly. It, it was not evident at all what it was. I mean, even even by the standard of the Rumble being the place where you don't put the most heated up challenger in the world in there, it this still felt very cold, even with that in mind. Um, yeah, like I said, alternate timeline where... Viper, not with a stupid gimmick and name, gets a proper build-up. This probably would have been a lot of fun, but uh, that is not the timeline we live in. No. Uh, we then got Lashley versus Lesnar. Uh, video package for this was tremendous. Um, uh, just talking about their respective careers and different generations and all this footage from their res- multiple runs with the company and all this other stuff. Uh, and then the match, yeah, it wouldn't have been upper echelon Brock matches for me. Um, it is nice when you have a rare occasion where they put him in with someone who can kind of do what he can do and also fling him around a little bit, which they did. They did kill. They were killing each other with the suplexes at the very least. I know. Well, Lashley, Lashley, we learned cannot take a German suplex. Yeah, well, it was about that. Like about like halfway through the match, like Brock was giving him more, and he was going hard on his shoulder, and I was getting a little bit antsy. I was like, this is. I feel like you're on the cusp of horribly mutilating your arm if you if you keep doing that. Because he, he would like turn one way and then as he get thrown he'd kind of flip the other way and land on yeah on the top of his shoulder. Yeah, it was kinda now he thankfully he didn't get hurt, but it was kinda I was kinda wincing like it for some reason I was wincing more than when they were dropping each other on their heads. Uh as as scary as some of those were. But like when he kept turning, I was like, Oh, I'm 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 expecting a horrible pop to happen. Thankfully it did not. Um, so they're having a match. I don't think it was amazing. It was okay, I think, for, for what you wanted, those two lads. Uh, and then the ref got bombed, a big convoluted ref bump. Um, mm. And the head of the table came down, and Paul Heyman very ceremonially handed him the belt, and he hit Brock, and Lashley did the, the Mankind cover from the first of the fucking January 99 cover on him. 
where he was like dead, but he just about got the cover. Um, you know, I get like, like again, even even it, you you accept to a certain degree. Listen, it's the Rumble; they're going to have their finishes to set up Mania. Like this, I didn't love this, but I, I thought it was better than like the Seth and and Roman one because that was this was at least like because because also I did like that Roman came in, he interfered, and then he like discarded the belt like it was like a piece of shit like because he's like well I because he's like the real champ in his in his head he's the champ you know. Um, I, I thought that was a nice touch, um, but it is you know you you when you see these two in a match, you kind of perceive something in your head, and you don't expect it to, but come down to more fucking antics. And I'm not and I always 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 hate the uh, you turn on me and beat the shit out of me, but it was all a ruse, it was all a plan. Like Roman Reigns leathered the shit out of Paul Heyman with a chair like a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown, and now they're. I'm sure on SmackDown it'll either be we were all in on it together, or there'll just be no explanation. Um, <laughs> Both of which are very satisfactory. Um, I feel like I like I feel like we've done this dance with Punk and Punk Heyman and and Brock so many times at this stage. Big show, and they did obviously. You know, Heyman chose like Brock over Punk back at that stage. Like, ah, God, I'm just I love Brock and Heyman, but it's also such well worn territory at this stage. Yeah, I like uh, Heyman with Roman, actually. Yes, yeah, I think that's a good pairing. Um, the only yeah. thing missing was Heyman didn't kiss him on the cheek and he go, ah, in the little voice. Yeah, ah. That'd be good. I feel, I, feel like, I feel like Roman won't lower himself to, to, to doing that. Lower himself? Uh, this yeah. would be the fucking peak of his career if he did that. <laughs> uh, no big guy in the Rumble. Um, yeah. We had uh, Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. Yeah, Ed sure likes having long, boring matches, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the the highlight of this match. This is not me. This is not me trying to to be, uh, you know, um, progressive. It was like it really. It was the women. It was like you know, every time they got in, like Maurice busted her arse trying to like have. She wanted to have a big special paper match. The types. Of, I mean, she is one of them, and so are a lot of the women in the Rumble. She is from a generation where she would not have gotten this. So it actually probably and her Beth as well, I suppose, to a certain extent. Like, you know, they just did not get these opportunities. So I think it did mean a lot to her. But, like, no time for Edge. I have no time for Miz. And Miz is, like, every time it does, we every time we drop into WWE, it doesn't matter if they've fucking remade. They, you could come in and fucking, it doesn't matter if Randy Orton is a fucking, they've repackaged him as a fucking builder from Yorkshire. Right. (laughs) No matter what else they change on the show, you tune in, and the Miz is still doing the Miz thing that Mm. he's been doing since two thousand and fucking like nine or whatever. Like he wears his longer jacket now or whatever the fuck, and he's changed his names here and there, A list or must see all the stuff here. But it's the same fucking thing. Also, to his credit, Miz does not age. But that also means that when you when you tune into the show, it's like you're the same guy. You are the same fucking guy I watched five years ago do this exact promo. Like it's just I I must say this I, this is the first time I saw him and thought oh he's starting to he's starting to age. He's really? Not, uh, yeah. There's nothing really obvious, but just like subtly, I was like oh he looks this is the oldest. Yeah, he's ever looked at, but you know, by virtue of it, he, he is the oldest he's ever been. Yeah, it's also um, it's, it, he should look he should look much older because also. He's been there constantly, and also a full timer doing all the house shows and all that shit as well. So he must yeah. have, he must have quite a few uh, miles on the on the clock. And like I don't I don't even dislike the Miz. It's not it's not that, but it's just like man, 
every time I tune in, you're doing this same thing. Sometimes your wife is there, sometimes she's not, but you are always doing this. Yeah. Um, and Edge, look, I, 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 have any of us enjoyed anything Edge has done like since he came back? People, I, I haven't watched everything he's done. <laughs> Some people swear by like the Seth matches and the, the Roman matches. Cool. I'm not even saying that they're bad. I didn't watch them, but like I've just I have no interest in watching Edge. I really don't. Uh, Edge has never been good. Is that <laughs> that's very harsh? I don't know if I go spicy, that far. Spicy takes. Well, when I, okay, when I say never been good, I don't want to get another email from Will correcting me. But uh, I think Edge peaked when he like the first time he cashed in money in the bank. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think it's been more or less like he's 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 even the point where he like he came back and won the rumble like that era. I just always found him kind of meh. Yeah. Once the the novelty of like the rated R, so once that first three month period almost passed, it kind of wore off for me very quickly. Even when he was having like TLC matches with Undertaker and that kind of air edge, I just never really found Edge super compelling or like to be a real top level guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, this was one of the, even though the novelty of it being like, you know, two returning, like Beth and Maurice in particular being like people you don't see every week and they are returning and they don't have matches all the time. That aside is just like a raw match. I mean, this, if you it was told like, them, a, it was like two raw matches back to back. Yeah. It was also quite long as well. Yeah. So they, they put him, they put him in the horrible death spot post title match pre rumble. Um, yeah. It wasn't terrible, but just not much to speak of. Um, and then yeah, well, it, apparently it only went 12 and a half minutes it felt like it went 24 and a half minutes I think the problem is just like they had there was a handful of cool moments and then in between all that they had to have you know the Miz working over age you know <laughs> yeah um, yeah so uh, that brought us then to the men's Royal Rumble I feel like uh, the entire world knew what was going to happen is the other problem with this because WWE's booking uh, tropes are you can just spot them a mile away uh, but anyway we uh who was even number one and two in this i actually can't even remember uh aj styles and shinsuke, shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura. yeah that's it so they you know they they started <laughs> off and and they were both you know relatively well shinsuke wasn't mm. super popular but you know they sang along to his song at least yeah they liked um and but the first half of this match was just a cavalcade of not only me but everyone in that building going who the fuck is this like it was just absolutely not only were they like nobodies who weren't over but there was no like action there was nothing interesting happening in, in the match in any capacity which sometimes you get that with your rumbles sometimes guys are just hanging in the corner grappling each other you know but just it was very 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 tepid um and it was remarkable and, and and seeing like lots of other people on twitter at the same time as well comment on the same thing which is like fair enough i don't watch the show but like these are regularly appearing people on raw in partic- raw in particular coming out mm. and people just no idea who they are or, or don't care enough to react um just like absolutely crazy they brought knoxville in which uh you know i was like okay well as far as as far as like um, uh, celebrity cameos go, this should be great. You won't find a better fit for wrestling than the Jackass guys, of course. Um, and what, like, he eliminated, he 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 took down Sami Zayn and did not horrible punches to his credit. Uh, you know, as as far as like um, compared to some of the other things we saw on this night, he was not terrible. Um, and he he eliminated someone. He eliminated Sami, didn't he? 
No, no, no Sammy eliminated him. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Did, he, did he throw someone out? No. Yeah, I think he no, pulled didn't. the rope. Did he not eliminate anybody? I don't think so. Did, did he not knock Theory off the apron? Ooh. I, I don't remember. I, I just, I just, I pulled up. I mentioned this off off air before we started. WWE tweeted uh, two JPEGs of all the entrants in both the matches, and they talked about how stacked it was. I'm going to look at this now, and it's just crazy. Like before we got Knoxville, we got AJ Styles Nakamura, then we got Austin Theory, who is that guy in the stupid segments with Vince. That's what everyone knows him as. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Robert Rude, who got like negative reaction and there was a little tna chant when he faced off with aj but like all the music is different they've given everyone new music there's it seems like yeah. there was some there seems like there was some thing with the last music people because they're not just gone they've replaced most of the songs so rude comes out to nothing absolute silence face off with aj he Rich- looks more like triple h than you've ever seen before as so. well Yes, he's a he's, big he's, side beard. Yeah. But he, he is, now he is also a man I will say who is also not aged really at all to his credit. Um, Ridge Holland came out again. I, I know Ridge just Holland. I know just from listening to like podcasts that he's like in a thing with Seamus, but like yeah. I, I feel like I knew more than the people in the building because they like nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, you know, Montez Ford. Fair enough, he got a good reaction. Damien Priest. I have to talk about this guy. <laughs> As someone who is, you know, from what I've seen, is a good wrestler, like on the indies and the Bad Bunny stuff last year was fun, you know, when he he was a big part of that. He didn't. He did a promo backstage earlier in the night, and again, I I was broadly aware of what this character was. Again, just because you know, I listen to like post every week. I listen to their raw review, so I'm up to date with what they're doing. He's doing a dual personality Jekyll and Hyde thing. And it, this is, I feel like some nerd had a eureka moment in the writer's room and thought this is the greatest thing ever because his name's Damien Priest. He, his nice personality is Priest. But when he gets angry, Damien. Oh. Okay. So first of all, I mean, just in general, that's kind of lame. But it seems like almost every single time he speaks or a commentator speaks about him, they have to tell you that. So he did a little promo. He did a little promo backstage where he says, Royal Rumble, and you don't want to see Damien. Silence as everyone's just checking their phone, not paying attention in the building. Um, and then he comes out, and his entrance song is like the first half of like fucking Tommy Ends NXT. Oh, I, I'm a nice guy. Oh, angelic music. Oh, I have two personalities, by the way. It's like he comes out and it's like, and like, I, I think he is not a bad wrestler, but like, this is the most WWE gimmick you've ever seen in your life. Um, uh, just jump forward a bit. He does nothing in the rumble. Uh, a, a moss comes in the big, the like, he's still legitimately impressive to look at. Like he's, he's unbelievably, he's, he, but he's not just tall. Like he's massive. He is huge. And of all the people in the world to like try and eliminate Omos and he just laughs at them and throws him over the top rope like a sack of shit. They pick Damien Priest, like, but you're also trying to make him look cool. He's the US champion. You've given him this whole new character. He worked with Bad Bunny last year. And Omos is just like, <laughs> and throws him over like, like he's absolutely nothing. Uh, Omos, God bless him. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, he's... Listen, he's very big. 
He is. <laughs> he's a big. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. He he would. Kevin Nash would absolutely point out that he would get stopped in the airport, and people would be like, "You, you must be a pro wrestler, sir, because you are very big." But Jesus Christ, I mean, he is. Oh, he is bad. <laughs> he is really bad. Um. Uh, and uh, uh, also, also uh, came in shortly after Amos and got swatted away like a sack of shit. Ricochet, remember Ricochet? Yeah. Um, Chad Gable, you know, nothing there really with him. Uh, Dominic Mysterio, who I just... The funny thing about Dominic Mysterio is he's also not that young either. So he's really rubbish, but it's like he's not going to turn around in 10 years and be better because he's like 25 now. Um, happy Corbin... Um, like this is the type of stuff where it's like I'm broadly aware of what the story is, but it's this type of thing. I would never watch this, and I'm not trying to be like snobby, but I would just like I would never watch this. I would not. This is classic. I would not watch this with another person in the room. Happy Corbin and Madcap Boss. Mm. Um, Dolph Ziggler came out. Michael Cole talked about how he's been in 700 Royal Rumbles. Mm. He's a he's a he's a Grand Slam win- winner, tag belts, world belts. This man, they could have pulled this man out of the crowd and he would have got a better reaction uh, because the crowd was, <laughs> oh, look, it's one of us. Dolph Ziggler's been here for 16 fucking years or some shit like that and, like, nothing. Nobody knew who he was when he came out. They've done such a good job of, like, pummeling him into the ground. Oh, um, there, there was a point around this time when AJ Styles got eliminated and there were five men in the ring. It was Sheamus, Dolph Ziggler, who, but, you know... I, Seamus has always been really good. I always like Seamus. Yeah, of course. has been good. Obviously, he's been pummeled. They're both fine. But then it was it was uh, Rich Holland, Happy Corbin, Rick Boogs, yeah. and Madcap Moss. All the stars are here tonight. <laughs> it was. I just. I was. That's when I started fast forwarding. I watched it up uh, to that point, but when it was them in the ring. I, j- I had to start fast forwarding to through the entrances, it was, yeah. and it, it was Madcap Moss, wasn't it, that threw him out? Um, yeah, if I recall correctly. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like like one of the like if they had like one of these, like it it really does feel like nineties WWF, which even WWE themselves sneer at in hindsight. Mm. All these guys are coming out. Here comes the happy guy in his Hawaiian shirt. Here comes the the eighties bodybuilder guy with the spandex, Rick Boogs. It's like it's like what what are these characters? Here comes the two personality priest guy. Like 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 it's just it's just it was like it was like a, a rotating door of people that the crowd didn't care about. But also you looked at their character and you're like, what is this guy? Who is this? Rich Holland again? He's doing like he's a big fucking bulky guy. He looks kind of impressive physically. But again, he's doing a little kind of knockoff Seamus routine. He's like Seamus's student or whatever. Uh, Rick Boogs, like in isolation, he seems like his charisma is suited to that gimmick. But again, everyone around him is also doing caricature stupid shit. Mm. So it's like he he can't stand out as as that because he's next to Madcap Moss. Uh, then we had a stretch of people who actually did get reactions. Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, Kofi Kingston. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, uh, Kofi, of course. I'm kind of shocked it took this long to happen, to be fair to him. He's had about 10 years on the trot doing well. He went to the top rope. Owens, he, he first spot he did when he came in the ring was he went to the top rope. Owens shoved him off. And obviously, I guess the goal was that he was supposed to, like, grip to the edge of the barricade at ringside. But 
very obviously his feet like touched the ground. Now, my my rationale was that it, it's fucking fake, so just say he didn't. Mm. Um, instead, one of the little referees runs over. Kofi's trying to salvage it. He's getting his feet off the ground, holding on to the holding on for dear life to the barricade, trying to make it look like, oh no, I'm still in. And one of the little refs comes over and says, just. Taps him on the shoulder, you're, you're out, actually. Your feet touch the ground. And then they show a replay of his feet touching the ground. I'm like, it's fake! Just say he didn't! Just say he didn't! Like, don't cut to a replay! Absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Um, so, so that happened. And then again, so we had a couple of decent people in here at this stage. Otis came in. Um, uh, you know, they've shaved his beard and they've taken mm. away his, his wacky character, so now he he's just weird. he looks weird. Uh, Big E came in, he got a decent reaction. I, I def- <coughs> definitely winning, that's why I predicted last week he's gonna look great in this match, mm. um, for sure. Uh, Bad Bunny came in, look, I, I think we all liked the Bad Bunny, he did well last year. Um, yeah. uh, in this match, he was one of the top stars and, and he did some cool stuff, uh, relative to everyone else. Shane McMahon came in, and it's like they do it on purpose. <sighs> Rid- former UFC fighter Riddle was covering up, bobbing, and even, oh, oh, don't beat me up, Shane! Don't beat me up, Shane! <laughs> it's awful. Oh, it's awful punches. Uh, like, and then he tosses Kevin Owens as well, which, like, I know they have their feud and whatever, but oh. come, come on, you know. Um, uh, oh. I, can't, I can't even remember who it was. Someone tosses Big E. They didn't even draw attention to it. Like, he was WWE champion three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember who eliminated him. Uh, Orton and Lesnar were the last two. Uh, and oh, Drew was, to... oh, yeah. Drew was, Drew was, uh, Drew was in there, yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, Orton, Lesnar, Drew, and Shane McMahon were the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the Fantastic Four. <laughs> um, Bad Bunny took an F5, which was cool. Um, you know, he, he was up for it, as he usually is. Yeah. Um, yeah, Shane made it to the no, Shane came in late. I understand that, but like he got to the final, final mm. four, and it came down to McIntyre and Lesnar, which is a nice little callback to their thing a couple of years ago. But yeah. they didn't, this, this won't be going down as one of the great final twos, uh, in the history of, of the Rumble because Brock just threw him out. <laughs> but listen, Brock had already done the Kevin Nash back says, Yeah, I'll go back out there for another five grand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they and, and they and they weren't paying an extra five on top of that to have him go ten minutes with Drew McIntyre, because um, because yeah, Brock literally came in there, F five bad bunny, and just tossed people, and that was it. Um, it could be the shortest time anyone's ever spent in a Royal Rumble and won it, because it was two minutes thirty two. Oh, that would yeah, have been a good category too. for the old yeah. quiz. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, or I can't remember who who eliminated. It must have been Brock. I assume Brock eliminated Orton. Orton got a huge reaction because it was in his home, his hometown. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just like it was grim. It, it, like everyone always says that the Rumble, you know, it, it it'll never be that bad because it's the Rumble. But it's like <laughs> when this is the roster you're working with, and I don't say that about them personally. I mean when when this is the lack of build up and the lack of overness they have because of the terrible writing. It's really like this is WWE really is sinking to new depths because now they're testing those ideas. The idea of, oh no, well, you'll always like the Rumble because it's the Rumble. And they're like, will you? Will you? We'll see about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so Brock wins. Presumably he'll challenge. Uh, yeah. Rumble. If only one of us had predicted that Brock was going to win last week. Anyway, um, to your point about The Miz as well, I was shocked when Seamus came out looking like. He had just debuted in ECW in 2009. <laughs> yeah. um, this is a lad who's had 
the the big mohawk, mm. the piercings in the yes. nose or whatever, yeah. the fucking dingleberries in the beard, whatever yes. that was. And now he just looks like he looked in 2009 again. Yeah. There's no progression to that guy. He just reverted back to what he used to be. He still comes out with it. I think I made this point before. Still comes out with the tights with fucking Leia written on it in exactly the same font as it was 13 years ago when he debuted. Listen, he's getting good. He's getting good value out of him. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he's on those tights for over a decade. Anyway, it is, uh, what it is. Yeah. So this was this was not the best uh, shop window to get us back in. I think that's fair to say. No, not at all. I mean, this was this was. I I said before I watched it, I was like, it was literally a decision. It was going to come down to the wire at midnight on Saturday. Did I feel like watching it because there was no actual interest? And now next year, I just feel like I I feel like I just won't watch it. And same with WrestleMania, staying up is off the table. Forget about it because oh, yeah. I just have no interest. No. And and watching it is even on the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm going to watch it this year. I think I'm going to have to just yeah, make yeah. a stand. I just I just think what's the point? It's going to be the same as this rumble. I'm just going to sit there for four hours and then go. That was a waste of fucking time. So I'm I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to boycott it. Officially. I think for me because I I only stay up for the four AW shows. There's still a novelty of there's a big wrestling show. Stay up and watch because I don't watch anything else. I don't stay up for any UFC shows or anything. So mm-hmm. I don't know. WrestleMania will be decided a bit closer to the the date, but it wasn't a good show. It wasn't a good show. Yeah, so that's that. Uh, we had, on the AEW side, fairly loaded Dynamite this week. Um, we'll run through it uh, uh, quickly here. Uh, we had the main event, the lights out, uh, Orange Cassidy defeating Ugh. Adam Cole. Enough uh, street fights. Well, you're getting another one in two weeks. I know, so, another uh, one on the floor. Uh, and it's like, it's like with the world champion, but it's been like worse built up than this Orange Cassidy match, which is a bit depressing. Yeah. Uh, not not loving that. Not loving the hangman build at the moment. Uh, Cole versus Cassidy. Look, I thought it was good, but to your point, it was. it's very hard to do one of these now and have it stand out. It was like... like Every every one of these they've done since the the one with the bunny has failed to live up to the one with the bunny in it, you know. Yeah. True. Um, also, like I'm not trying to be all cornet. I didn't like the finish where Cassidy the gives hug. him the hug. You know what? I, I would have been okay with it if Cole was like selling having his balls hit, and Cassidy just grabbed him for a second and then fell. But Cole was like struggling, like he couldn't get out of the hug. I'm like, oh my. God. But that's not consistent with what Orange Cassidy's character is, anyway. Yeah, Cassidy is the guy who stands in the middle and goes, and they hug him, the yeah. best friends. He's given him a hug now that he's the super powerful hug that he's got superhuman strength when he hugs people. Like, where's this going? Yeah, it's such a it's such a minor thing, but literally, if he just grabbed him and then very quickly fell off, I thought it would have been fine because it was still a spectacular bump. Uh, well, I mean, your mileage will vary on what the, the obvious crash pads like. It was a horrible angle Cole fell at, but again, it's into a stunt thing. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's hard It's hard to get excited for those. Um, likewise, I think it is hard to get excited for the ladder matches, but I do think the ladder match... Was well, it was very, very good. It was, was very, very good. The uh, cutter. The cutter was... Springboard big. cutter. Oh, wow. my God. That's, good. That's, a, that's highlight package stuff for the rest of AEW's existence. That'll, that'll be on the Dynamite intro. Yeah. Uh, Next week. Uh, yeah, a couple of other like Sammy took like a nasty looking like a uh, uh, road. What's his finisher called? Fucking crossroads. Crossroads off the ladder and all that other stuff. No, even worse was when he did the swanton. 
on the oh, outside. Yeah. And he landed and he just f- bounced off it and flipped away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How that didn't like crack a rib on Cody. I don't <laughs> it might have, to be honest. Um, yeah. No, that was, uh, yeah. that match was, that match was fantastic. It really was. Um, uh, we did have in the, in the, the, uh, in the lights out match, we did have Danhausen showing up. Uh, you know, I, I, I've never really gotten it. I don't, I don't really get the Danhausen thing, but. I'm I'm confident enough in in AEW that you're not going to have to get it. It's he's going to be a you know he's going to be a joke character. I don't really think there's any need to belabor that point any further. Um, I've I've been because um, I've heard of him. Obviously, gets a lot of you know mention on Twitter. I've never yeah. seen anything he'd done. I've never seen a match. Never seen a promo. Never seen a video. I kind of just glossed over it. But I checked it out the last few days and I was like, it's pretty funny. I was like, yeah, it's, it could be quite good. So, you know, in an Orange Cassidy kind of way. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I've seen stuff of his I've liked, but I generally don't exactly get it in the same way Barry doesn't. I did like him holding onto the chair, though, and just being pulled out by the chair. Yeah. And I did but, like um, that he, they did that spot, and then he just sort of walked away. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, yeah, I wonder if someone might, might be, should have said to him, like, once they start fighting again, you just, like, crawl back under the ring or something because the visual of him just turning and leaving was very funny yeah I, I, maybe I, in an unattended way yeah I'd like to think it was on purpose but who knows um, uh, yes yeah, so that was that was fun uh, they're also uh, so they had another punk MJF segment uh, like these are all good I, I don't have too much to say about them this one was very good um, they did the beatdown after the fact with the, the what's that called the pinnacle and um, continuing to tease that they're if they're not doing the Wardlow thing soon, they're leaning heavy into it, which mm. uh, is, is a bit odd. He didn't want to give Punk power on, but then he did at the end. Um, yeah, interesting. So they're doing that match next week in Chicago. Um, I'm fascinated by that result. I feel my gut is feeling like Punk loses. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I, because I, I, well, I feel like whoever whoever wins this match, kind of logically, not this, not for next necessarily the next page, goes for the title. Has to go to the title next, yeah, because I don't think yeah, you can. That's, that's what it's based on the feud, yeah. And and I think they're both. I think they're both viable contenders. I know obviously MJF being a heel makes a lot of sense for Hangman, but also like Hangman getting another big proving himself moment by beating CM Punk is is pretty good as well. Um, I feel weird about if MJF is the next challenger. I feel weird because I kind of I feel like he is the one who will eventually beat Hangman. So I don't know if necessarily he should. I don't think he should beat him soon, and I don't know if he should lose to him. He could probably lose to him and then go back around. I I would I would have MJF beat him soon. I don't think the Hangman reign is anything worth delaying unless they really are going to turn around and focus on him as a kind of centerpiece. Yeah, I don't think it's doing the title any justice or any service to have but, it kind of lang- languishing in the middle. I, I kind of think that's kind of on AEW's part. That's a little bit it self-fulfilling. Is. But what I mean is, is it's a little bit self-fulfilling prophecy where it's kind of like, oh, well, it's not working, so we'll take it off. And it's like, yeah, but you, he's in like the fucking like middle of the second hour in a video package, not even on the show. It's like, I, yeah. I, I'm really confused by it. Like, it is, it is almost like it's a classic. It's almost like Punk when he was champion in WWE thing. Where it's like I don't get this. Like, like you're, you're not exactly loaded up with stars at the moment. But anyway, you've got a lot of very questionable matches on the show, and Hangman's just stuck in a video. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think if 
I wouldn't even I don't even necessarily think I would hate the idea of MJF winning, but if he does, I mean, that, I, you'd have to look at that hang that Hangman run as one of the big one of AEW's bigger uh, losses uh, that they've posted since they since they began. Uh, but yeah, next week in Chicago, Punk versus MJF. Very interested in the result on that one. Um, they also they have not beaten too many. They have done it, but they have not beaten too many people in their hometown yet. Um, so there's that to consider. Uh, Rampage was good, but skippable. Not, you know, kind of yeah. solid bell to bell. One of those Jurassic yeah. Express beat Private Party. It was fine. Jade uh, defeated Julia Hart, which was short, thankfully. Um, uh, FTR defeat FTR FTR. Defeated Johnson and and, and uh, Anderson, which was good. I, I enjoyed that. Mm. What it was, uh, and another one kind of in similar vein to the Hangman thing. They're doing uh, Thunder Rosa versus uh, Martinez next week on Rampage. They've had like one confrontation and then a bunch of video packages. Like uh, I'm not. That's like <laughs> yeah. I forgot she was even there. Like yeah. Can we fucking get these people out talking on dynamite and and doing something other than just videos? Like what's going on? Um. You know, you gotta have you gotta have all these fucking Hardy family office segments, but you can't have a Thunder Rosa match to set up for a big match on Rampage. Like, yeah, that's that's uh, that's been underwhelming. I'm not, you know, I'm, uh, they, they, they they obviously they had two really good matches this week, but the AW booking is still not still leaving me fairly cold at the moment. Unfortunately, yep. So that's that. Uh, we will. Uh, we will leave it there, and we'll be back next week to discuss all of those matches. Yeah, so this time next week we, we will have seen Punk and MJF and Martinez versus Thunder Rosa. So, so hopefully they have de- delivered on that. And also, all the fallout from the Rumble event and interesting transpires on Raw and things like that. We will talk about it as well. Oh, unlikely. You never know. You never know. Brock might come out and say he's challenging Braun Breaker. He's challenging Charlotte Flair. He's challenging who's champion in Impact. I can't even finish this joke because I don't know. Um, Moose, is it? Uh, Moose, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, we will talk about all that, plus all the usual life golf, game golf, movies, TV, all that other music golf. We'll listen to uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have any takes, you want to talk to us about the Royal Rumble, things like that, you can pop us a mail or anything. It doesn't have to be about that. Uh, Especially if you want to point out how right I am. Not only about Sean Spears, but about anything. Well, e- email in. Or chairshoppodcast.com um, well, you can go to email us about anything, I mean, don't even talk about wrestling or anything about that. So, that's why we do it at the end, baby, so people can tune out um, so thank you for listening folks, we will be back next week uh, until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry it's goodbye from Paul, goodbye and it's goodbye from Joe, goodbye everybody goodbye